4: It's Rick Tittle!
5: What's up? What's going on? What's happening? What's cracking? What's popping? What's good? All of the... Actually, I just realized a lot of those are what? How are ya? How about that? Welcome to the show. Dominic Jimenez in for Rick Tittle once again. Titillating sports on the sports byline. USA Broadcast Network would like to welcome you into the show however, however you might be listening whether you're uh, checking us out here on twitch.com twitch.tv the twitch app there I am with uh, pointing at the camera with my Mickey Mouse hat what's happening if you're on a terrestrial affiliate we would like to welcome you in streaming I Heart, tune in. Stitcher, iTunes, if you're listening on SiriusXM or if you're on the American Forces Radio Network would like to welcome you in also and if you are a member of our uh, military I would like to thank you for your service especially around this time of the year the holidays So Thursdays have become go time, baby Why? Because we've got eight guests for the second Thursday in a row Coming up after the break, Bill Bellamy 25 after, ATN's J.D. Sharp. 40 after, I have an open segment. So if you want to give me a call, that's the only time. In the ne- in half an hour, it's the only time you can give me a call at 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. And we've got three guests uh, the, in, in each of the second and third hour, including the Hall of Famer, Mean Joe Green, in about an hour and a half. 40 after of the next hour. So that should be cool. Most importantly, I want to hear from you, though, in that one segment. It's 15 minutes. you got time to call in that one segment. Daniel will answer the phone. 1-800-878-7529. I'm Dominic Jimenez. You're you. Daniel's Daniel. Darren's Darren in his office. And Bill Bellamy will be joining us on the other side. Titillating Sports.
6: You've been putting back a few.
7: Here at Aleko.com, we work hard to offer a variety of quality products at an affordable price and are committed to providing you with an exceptional experience. With our rising outdoor living brand, we are delivering high quality backyard products right to your door. Choose from a wide selection of awnings, gazebos, fencing, pet kennels, saunas, and more. View our full selection at Aleko.com. That's A-L-E-K-O.com. 10% off plus free shipping on any item. Use code radio10 at checkout. Aleko.com
8: cancer. So many lives are touched by cancer. In fact, one in two men and one in three women will be diagnosed with cancer. At the American Cancer Society, we're on a mission to free the world from cancer. It's a big mission. Driven by little things, like a ride to treatment, a free place to stay, a 24-7 helpline. But these little things are really the big things. Because to a cancer patient and their family, they're everything. And every day we reach thousands of cancer patients who so desperately need these services. But we need your help to get these critical services to more people and families in need this holiday season. Go to cancer.org and join the fight against cancer. It takes just minutes to donate and help provide essential support to cancer patients and their families don't wait more than one in three people will be diagnosed with cancer go to cancer.org right now and make a difference go to cancer.org
7: You're listening to Dominic Jimenez on Sports Byline USA.
5: Not rocking my Air Force ones because it's been raining and it's wet, and I don't want to mess them up. Nor do I want to slip walking in San Francisco on the wet floor, uh, wet sidewalks that have a lot of metal on them. Oh, that's a classic. Give me two. Pers- Alright, we're waiting on uh, Bill Bellamy. He did check in, which is a huge plus. He checked in, uh, but he had really bad service, so we're just uh, waiting on him. Oh, we're no longer waiting on Bill Bellamy. He has found better service, and I would like to welcome him in (laughs) to the show now. Bill Bellamy, he's a comedian, he's an actor, he's he's done hosting. You've seen him everywhere, and you can also see him this weekend at Helium Indy, because he's back on tour doing stand-up. Two shows on Friday, two on Saturday, and two on Sunday. Bill, welcome back to the show. We always love having you on. I
11: know, man. Happy holidays, Rick. Man, it's exciting to uh, get a chance to get out and perform. Um, I love coming to the Midwest to get the full winter feel got to have your real coat, you got to have your scarf and your boots.
5: No, I love it. It's funny. So I, we're, we're here in San Francisco and, uh, you know, the temperature doesn't usually dip below 50 or get higher than, you know, 80 in San Francisco where I'm at. So I was actually in Seattle a week and a half ago. I'm like, oh, I forgot. This is what a proper winter feels like. It's yeah, it's cold. I mean, on- it's cold. There's foliage. There's leaves on the ground. There's some trees that are naked. It's I love the winter and it was it was so nice. I forgot how great it could be. <laughs>
11: Absolutely. The Bay the Bay Area, um, just always keep a nice, crisp jacket in the car. You never you never know when you're going to need it.
5: No, yeah. You, you can wake up and, and head to work, and it'll be nice and cold. By the time you go out and have lunch, it's nice and sunny. And by the time you get home, it's raining. I The, the Bay Area, super weird with the weather. Uh, Bill, getting back on tour, how, how does it feel uh, to be getting back to the comedy clubs? Because over the last uh, year and a half, two years almost now, it's been a little weird for everybody, but I'd imagine even more so for uh, everybody doing stand-up, where you yeah, literally couldn't I mean, get into the clubs. The good,
11: the good thing about it is comedy is one of those things that people can do that was at the right capacity, that people were um, able to go out and have a good time. Unfortunately, not every state was open, so you know there was a lot of you know, mm-hmm. up and down all over the place. So comedians like myself, you know, we could only work, work in states that were open. Most of the states were closed. And then comedy, you know, they were separating everybody like six feet, tables, so you, you didn't have a, uh, a full capacity. But now, you know, once now that people have been vaccinated and people wear their mask and stuff, people feel more comfortable. People are really coming out to laugh because they need it. They really want to have a good time.
5: Yeah, I was, uh, I was talking with uh, Jim Florentine yesterday, and he was telling me how excited he is to get back out to the clubs because – he feels like he, he's providing more of a service than he normally would because everybody's just been so locked up going crazy, and, and now it, everybody just needs a good laugh, and it, we've gotten to the point where it's it's almost like uh, people don't even care if they're offended anymore. They just need no. something to laugh at. <laughs>
11: people just want to have a good time. I mean, when I tell you people are coming out to laugh and they're doing one, uh, one or two extra drinks to have a good time, I, it, it is the feeling is euphoric. I'm so happy that I am a comedian because I feel like, you know, even more now, like you said, this job is purposeful, your your, your laughter is, you know, food for the soul, and people are walking out smiling, you could tell they had a good time, you know, it's awesome, bro, I'll be honest with you, it's just an awesome
5: vibe. You know, all all of us, or at least all of us who are at least mild extroverts, think we're funny in in high school and in college and with our buddies and social settings. And, you know, when a a friend of a friend comes up, oh, man, you're hilarious. But I've never had uh, aspirations thinking I was going to be a stand-up comedian. So when did you know that you had what it took to – you were funny enough and had the skills to be a stand-up comic? I don't
11: know. That's a good question. I think um, I, I I never wanted to be a comedian. After at the beginning of my career, I just liked comedy. I was just a fan of the art. And then I wanted to figure out how I could talk for an hour. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like how could how could these guys talk for so long? And everything they say is funny. I didn't know that some people had writers. I didn't know that you know it takes a long time to come up with a good set. I didn't know these things at the time. So, you know, that first time I got up there, just the feeling and the excitement of the unexpected, I think, was the one that got me locked in because I was like, this is cool. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get booed or I'm going to have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and ever since then, I just, you know, I just fell in love with the with the art of comedy. Um, you know, I've studied the greats, you know, from Robin Williams to... to um, Uh, Mr. Cosby's early days to, um, you know, Richard Pryor, uh, George Carlin. I mean, these guys, these guys to me are like in the Hall of Fame of comedians. Even Carol Burnett, like if you go back and you think of Jerry Lewis and you think about Carol Burnett, these guys are prolifically funny. Like Lucille Ball probably was one of the funniest women ever on the planet. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Definitely. You know, so I want to be in that class, you know, of, absolutely hilarious people so you know i'm always striving to get better i'm always writing different things and now that life is so upside down i got a lot to talk about
5: (laughs) (laughs) we're speaking with bill bellamy you can check him out talking about how upside down life is if you're in uh, the indy area because he's at helium indy this weekend two shows friday two on saturday and two on sunday and bill tell me a little bit about using your background in stand-up um really understanding how to work a stage and tell me how that helped you succeed in your roles in in unscripted things. I think of your time on m t v hosting last comic standing how, how did stand up kind of prepare you for those roles as you 've progressed through your career
11: yeah i mean um comedy stand up comedy and hosting they kind of go like hand in hand because you're you know you 're presenting something you 're talking about something and your personality gets to shine through that. Like when I was hosting on MTV, that was just me being Bill Bellamy talking about music. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was able to be funny. I was able to be informative. I was, you know, always a fan of the music anyway, so I really knew what I was talking about. It wasn't like I was just reading a paper all the time. Like I really knew what these artists were doing. I really went to the studios. So those kind of things were helpful. But then when I hosted shows like Last Comic Standing on NBC, what was cool about that is that I know how to host a show. Mm-hmm. I know how to get the energy right. I know how to bring up the comedians to a good room. So that's an art in itself. So being a stand-up comedian actually has, you know, flowed into all all aspects of my career, you know, even from going from a dramatic role to a funny role. You know, when I do characters on stage and I do my uncle or I do, a, you know, the homeless guy or I do this, that, and the other, these characters Dramatic acting, but it's just funny.
5: I totally get it. One last question for you, Bill. Um, you've had the opportunity to interview tons of people, eh? from Kurt Cobain to Janet Jackson. W- what are some of the uh, that you can think of off the top of your head, some of your favorite interviews, whether it was a memorable one because the person was super weird or just you, you hit it off with somebody? What, what was a-, a memorable interview or two, or at least a celebrity <laughs> interaction you had in your time? I
11: think my favorite moment was interviewing uh, Janet Jackson, because this is at the peak of her sexy and, you know, stardom and everything. And during the interview, while I was talking to her, she just laid on my chest, and I thought I was going to black out. (laughs) I I wasn't expecting that, you know, and she was just flirting with me while I'm talking. I'm trying to talk about the music, and she's like, oh, Bill, whatever. And I was just like, Jesus, Lord, go to commercial. Go to commercial. (laughs) Her, so somebody go to commercial.
5: <laughs> we have been speaking with the fantastic, the hilarious, the very talented Bill Bellamy, actor and comedian. He's back on stand on a tour on doing a stand-up tour, excuse me. He'll be at Helium Indy this weekend. Two shows Friday, two on Saturday, and two on Sunday. Go to indianapolis.heliumcomedy.com uh, check out the schedule and get tickets. Also, head over to Twitter at Bill Bellamy to uh, check out what he's going on too. Bill, always a pleasure having you on, my man. Thank you thank so you much man, for taking some time. Have a beautiful time. holiday. You too. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Bye bye. All right, take care. We got more titillating sports. We got JD Sharp talking a little football on the other side. I'm Dominic Jimenez. This is Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network.
3: That's 800-760-1845.
8: How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR.
7: You're listening to Dominic Jimenez on Sports Byline USA.
5: Welcome back into the show, Dominic Jimenez. As I've mentioned many times over last week, I'm in for Rick Tittle this week. Yeah, how about that? Uh, it's uh, it's not our usual ATN slot, but uh, we don't care. We're going to do it anyway because we like our ATN guests. Uh, what, what is ATN, Dom? Let me tell you stands for Against the Number, and their website is againstthenumber.com. And they're a highly skilled, reasonably priced team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's beating the sportsbooks at their own game. They cover every sport worldwide, from the NFL to college basketball to soccer to cricket to tennis to European hockey, and all of them are proven winners. They offer full season, end of current season, one month, one week, one day, and one-year specialist-specific packages. The prices are reasonable, tracking distribution process is simple, and the results are real. We'd like to welcome in our good friend J.D. Sharp. He's a specialist over at ATN, and we're going to talk a little bit of football. J.D., what's going on, man?
13: Dominic, not a lot. Thank you for having me on the program. That was a very, very well-stated explanation of against the number.com very Wait, well.
5: done. Thank you. Got to make sure uh, the listeners know exactly how great and what it is you guys do. So let's talk some NFL JD. Uh, there's been a ton of positive COVID tests over the last couple of days that have kind of wrecked havoc on the league. Uh, Jalen Waddle this morning was another one who went on uh, the COVID list. The NFL plans to rediscuss the protocol with the NFLPA. Um, how tough has it been for you guys over at ATN trying to navigate this stuff and, and, and covering lines and spreads uh, over the last two seasons?
13: Well, I mean it, it's basically impossible.
5: <laughs> uh, it's been
13: it, it's it's a very very unique thing that hopefully we never have to experience to go through again. But you, you mentioned it. There there was 62 positive tests over over two days on Monday and Tuesday, mm-hmm. and the Browns I believe have. 18 players now that are positive with COVID-19. I mean, some some players or some, some teams are most likely at a risk of not even playing their games this weekend because there are so many tests. But the exact same thing is happening in, in the NBA. Obviously, uh, I, I don't know what the reason for that is, concerning the fact that the leagues are 97 to 99% and 99 percent vaccinated and boosted in many cases. But for whatever reason, there have been a lot of a lot of positive tests both in the NFL. And in the NBA, and it does make it very difficult for us to to handicap the way that we're used to handicapping these games.
5: All right, let's 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 take a more positive approach now, because uh, we we could go on and on <laughs> about how horrible it is and and how nothing makes sense anymore. But uh, one thing that doesn't make sense, and it's a little surprising, uh, no teams have clinched a playoff spot yet. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the parity in the league this season. I know we have an extra game, which kind of throws everything in, uh, off balance a little bit in terms of clinching a playoff spot, but no teams have clinched in either conference yet. Talk to me a little bit about the parity you've seen in the league.
13: Well, I, I think there are about 20 teams that are that
5: are relatively close, talent-wise and ability-wise.
13: And there's also, Obviously, you've got the Lions and you've got the Texans and the Jaguars, so we're as bad the Texans have, have as bad of a roster as, as I think I've seen probably in the last 10 years. Um, the Lions actually have, have played a lot of teams pretty close, but they, you know, they, they have their one win, but they're, they're just un, unable to, to win the close game. But, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of – there isn't a, a ton of teams that are ahead of the pack. I think that my, – my actually, my personal choice to win the Super Bowl is the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are 9-4. and four. They lost to the Raiders. I'm sure you saw that game over Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But in that game, Amari Cooper wasn't playing, neither was Ceedee Lamb. So I think that because of because of COVID protocol, you have teams that probably should be maybe 11 and two, maybe even 12 and one, but they've lost players that they normally wouldn't lose in your average season, and they lost them for one game, and then they lost a game that they probably shouldn't lose also, which also makes it interesting for a future better. Because like a team like the Dallas Cowboys, I believe they're still probably twelve to fifteen to one. I think that is pretty much stealing the Cowboys, in my opinion. Don't have any weaknesses. They have a very very capable quarterback. Obviously a high end running back, multiple wide receivers, a strong offensive line. They have playmakers. I'm not, Micah Parsons, I think, has a chance to win the Defensive Player of the Year, not just the Defensive Rookie of the Year. They have Trayvon Diggs, who has I think nine interceptions. They have Randy Gregory at defensive end. The Cowboys have playmakers on every single level of their team across the board, and so I think that a team like the Cowboys, they're able to to go nine and four and and kind of and kind of really sneak up on people. And possibly win the Super Bowl, whereas on your on your in your normal year, where there's not teams just losing players for COVID protocols, that's not going to take place. If that makes sense,
5: it uh, totally makes sense. We're always talking about the Cowboys and, and the offense with Dak and Zeke and Cooper and Isidi, and here we are. They might have two of the top five finishers for Defensive Player of the Year. Go figure. Uh, since you're talking right. about since you talked about the NFC, who, who do you like in the AFC? Because. I think every time we see, I've seen a team like, okay, this looks like it's their conference, and then they falter against somebody they probably shouldn't have, whether it's the Chiefs or the Bills, or do you really want to trust Mac Jones and the Patriots and their defense? So who are you liking out of the AFC?
13: You know, honestly, I like the Colts out of the AFC right now. I think Jonathan Taylor's got a chance to win the MVP. I took him 80-1 to 1, four or five weeks ago to win the MVP. I believe they win this week. It's actually one of my biggest plays this week. It'll be the Colts minus two and a half at home against the Patriots. The Patriots, the Mac Jones, is a, a very capable quarterback, but the Patriots have to run the ball to win. The Colts do a very, very good job of stopping the run. I think the Chiefs, obviously, you have to take a look at the Chiefs. They, they have a, a very legitimate chance of, of winning the Super Bowl again or, or going to the Super Bowl again. I'm not a huge fan of their defense. They have been playing a lot better lately this weekend. Chris or actually today, uh Chris Jones is out, Jerry Sneed is out, but the Chargers have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I think that line is going I think that, that line at minus three is pretty much right. But no, I, I actually I like a, a surprise team out of the out of the AFC right now. I think the, the Indianapolis Colts end up making the Super Bowl representing the AFC.
5: J D. Sharp going with the Colts versus the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. All right. That's what um, I think it'll be, yeah, Cold it, it, Cowboys. It's funny, J.D., as I was prepping for the show yesterday, I was going to ask you about uh, how seemingly every day there's a new crazy story that you almost don't want to believe about Urban Meyer. Um, this was coming off the <laughs> him kicking Josh Lambeau, the former kicker, during practice, yeah. and that question had to go out the window because he already got the can. Um, are you surprised he didn't make it a year? Um, I, I feel like Urban Meyer took the job in Jacksonville and didn't change his style of coaching at all, changing the fact that he was going from coaching young men to grown adults. Yeah,
13: I think that he was, he was trying to treat these players in the NFL like he treated players in college, and that was not going to work. And Trevor, and Trevor Lawrence hasn't been good this year. I think mean, Trevor Lawrence has what, nine, nine touchdowns and 14 or, or 15 interceptions. They haven't had the personnel – James Robinson hasn't played as well as he could probably play. Urban Meyer is just not a coach for the NFL. He he is a coach for college football, and hopefully that's where he ends up, and hopefully that's where he stays. Hopefully we don't see him again at this level. And whether it's kicking Josh Lambeau or whether it's cheating on his wife at, at a bar or whether it's not even knowing what team he's playing, he's definitely made some mistakes. And hopefully teams will think twice before – bringing up NFL teams will think twice the owners will before bringing up a coach who has been highly successful at the college level but in the process has had a gimmick offense and five-star recruits
5: constantly. All right, we got one one last question for you JD. Uh, the NFL announced that 18 teams will now utilize international markets for uh, advertising, which I thought it was pretty cool. Um do you think this is a precursor to the NFL officially getting or moving a team overseas. I mean, we know they love London. Uh, they've played games in Mexico City. Is this one step closer to having somebody based overseas?
13: Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that it is a step closer to having the NFL be more of a, the, the WSL, something along those lines, but the World Football League. I think that the, the Jacksonville Jaguars will actually end up in, in the U.K. in the next five years because of their owner, obviously. But, yeah, we could definitely see. I don't think we'll expand to 40 teams or anything like that, but we could definitely see a couple of teams in the United States that are in markets that are just not doing very well that could end up overseas.
5: I changed my mind. I've got one last question. Do you have any... Uh, kind of dark horse candidates uh, to to make the playoffs. Not necessarily to make a deep run. I think picking the Colts and the Cowboys is a little bit dark horse-ish. But there's such clusters of teams in both conferences. Uh, Do you have a team that you feel like is going to sneak into the playoffs and kind of surprise everybody by, A, making it and maybe make it a show of a wild-card weekend?
13: I think that the Cincinnati Bengals have a chance. Actually, well, I could say the Colts, obviously, because their record is – now they're 7-6, and six and they're facing the Patriots on Saturday. But I think that the Bengals have enough offensive firepower, and their defensive line is actually really good. Uh, DJ Reader, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson's had a sack in his last eight games. I think the Bengals have a chance to make some noise in the playoffs, and I really like Joe Burrow as a gamer and Joe Mixon. When, when he's healthy, he's actually a pretty – I think he's a top five running back statistically. The Bengals would be my choice as as my dark horse to maybe make a run to – the second week of the
5: playoffs. And the Bengals, uh, the perfect dark horse team, because one week they look good and the next week they're getting just boat raced by Jimmy Garoppolo. So the Bengals are a yeah, great. Sometimes but,
13: that's how it goes.
5: Yes, yeah, so that's uh, exactly how it goes. That makes them such a perfect dark horse candidate. We've been speaking with ATN specialist JD Sharp, remember, against the number.com highly skilled, reasonably priced team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing, and that's helping you beat the books. They know their thing. We've talked basketball, we've talked football, we've talked soccer, and we've talked cricket this week. So when I say they do it all, I kid you not, folks, they do it all. JD, thanks that so much for taking some thanks so thanks so much for taking some time and uh happy holidays to you, my guy. Hey Dominic, thanks a lot, man. Enjoyed it. Always a pleasure. Take care. That's JD Sharp with AgainstThenumber.com. I'm Dominic Jimenez. Can you believe it? We've got an open segment coming up next. We got more tiddling Sports, on the other side.
3: That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details.
7: You're listening to Dominic Jimenez on Sports Byline USA.
5: That's right, I'm hosting a show. I'm over here dancing like the guy on TikTok to this song, but uh, yeah, we got a show to do. I'm Dominic Kimenez here. I'm in for Rick Tittle. We've got our only open segment of the broadcast. I was gonna say morning, but I was gonna say afternoon. It is the, the only open segment of the show. If you want to give me a call, 1 800 878 play, 1 800 878 7529, and uh, I was trying to get a friend of mine who was at the Warriors-Knicks game to come on today, but uh, here we are in the one open segment, and I haven't heard back from him yet. Shout out to uh, him. I'm not going to name him or anything. But, bro, you left me hanging. But you know who's not going to leave me hanging? You know who's there for me? That's producer Daniel, who's a Jaguars fan. Daniel, you, you good to go here?
9: Yeah. All right, so I'm, I, I'm doing a lot better than Urban Meyer is, that's for sure. All
5: right, yeah, so I wanted to bring Daniel on and, and have him turn the microphone on uh, just for this segment because uh, he has a Jaguars fan. A few years ago, he was riding high. He was uh, The Jaguars were in the AFC Championship. They they almost won the game. They were Blake Bortles away from reaching the Super Bowl, and, and now here we are. They're firing their new coach less than a, a season full season it wasn't even a full year since he's been hired he hi- was hired in january of 2021 uh daniel good good riddance to urban meyer uh you don't really care uh how you feeling
9: yeah i'm just glad he's gone uh, he's probably right on par i think as the exact amount of games as bobby Petrino. and i'd say that's a fair uh representation of his stay in jacksonville
5: and it's funny, so, so it feels like it's something ridiculous. I don't know if you saw it, so an article came out yesterday. I don't know if it was Pacific or Eastern, but it came out at like 4.59, and it quoted Trevor Lawrence saying, hey, we we need to you know get over the distractions. We can't have them around all the time, and that'll allow us to succeed and win games. And then literally like eight minutes later, I think, the story came out that Urban Meyer was kicking Josh Lambeau, the former kicker of the Jags, in the legs during practice. Um, what's your favorite Urban Meyer story over the last 12 months?
9: Probably was Monday of this week where the reporter, uh, his name is Demetrius Harvey, he asked him, hey, when are we going to start seeing some younger players play uh, like Andre Cisco, instead of Andrew Wingard? And Meyer's response was, was something to the effect of, you know, Andre's been playing a little bit more recently. I think I think he's on the right track. Then Demetrius said he had zero snaps this week.
5: I, I think that perfectly summarizes just how disillusioned Urban Meyer was. And, and I even dare say even over his head, uh, we heard JD talk about it and... Th- the NFL and, and just life in general is about adaptability. And, you know, I, there have been time, I have a family member who's a teacher. Um, and technically, they were a, te- a teacher for me a very long time ago. Um, and there are times where I see them now. I'm a grown adult, I'm 30, and I still hear shades of them talking like they're still my teacher. And it's, it annoys me. I can only imagine what professional athletes getting paid hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars are handling Urban Meyer rolling in like they're a 21-year-old on scholarship in school who, after practice, is going to go to the weight room and then go back to his dorm and do homework. How would you feel, Daniel, um, if Urban Meyer was your coach, you were a professional athlete, And he was treating you like a kid, like a literal kid.
9: Well, I think almost all of the college coaches that have come into the NFL follow a similar trajectory in the fact that their shtick, so to speak, doesn't last. Like, it can't last. Uh, Pete Carroll seems to be the only one who's somewhat made it last, and he's even running out of time now. But you can look at Harbaugh... Saban, Petrino, none of them worked, and I think it just kind of speaks for itself. You can't treat a grown man like a child.
5: No, not at all, and it's funny. I think Harbaugh has kind of been the only successful straight-from-college-to-NFL coach that has been around uh, over however many years. I know Pete Carroll did have his kind of back-and-forthness, so he kind of doesn't count, but... Um, yeah, Urban Meyer, it, it, what a colossal mess it's been. I, I'm going to read the quick story here, the, the quote from Josh Lambeau, because, uh, yeah, he, he was at practice, and he, he he was talking, and he made an accusation that Meyer once kicked him during a practice. This was what he had to say. I'm in a lunge position, left leg forward, right leg back. And Josh Lambeau is a, a right-footed kicker. Uh, and this was uh, in a story to the Tampa Bay Times. Uh, While I'm in that position... Excuse me, Meyer comes up to me and says, hey, Dip S, make your effing kicks. And then he kicked him in the leg. (laughs) After being kicked, Lambeau responded by telling Meyer, don't you ever effing kick me again. And in the most urban Meyer way possible, he replies, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the F I want. I don't mind him asserting himself as the head coach and being like, hey, you got to listen to me. I think it crosses a line kicking the kicker in the leg. It, it, it doesn't doesn't work that way, Urban. I don't even think that works in college, except those guys are on scholarship. So if they go to the, I don't know, the Columbus Review Times. Sorry, I don't know what the paper is in. In, uh, near Ohio State, but I'm just going to go with that. I don't even know if that's a real paper, but I'm going to go with it. It sounds good. Um, they can get kicked off the team. Now, to be fair, these pro athletes could be cut, and Josh Lambeau was already cut. They're probably going to find another job pretty easily, especially if you're even halfway decent like Josh Lambeau is. Uh, so, Daniel, uh, I'll come back to you here. Uh, do you care where the Jaguars go with the next head coach is uh, – I, I know it's one of those situations where I'm okay with fans not caring about who the next head coach is because the current guy is just so bad. Because, you know, a lot of times fans will be like, Oh, this coach is the worst. Oh, he's terrible. And then you can reply, Well, who would you like to replace him? Because he's doing an okay job. Who, who do you want instead that you think would be a, do a better job? Oh, I don't know. I just want him gone. I think Urban Meyer is an exception to that rule. So do you care who the next head coach of the Jaguars is?
9: Not particularly. I'd just like to see somebody with some experience, uh, some sort of a stabilizing force, and I'd also like to see Trent Balky get the boot um, because I don't want to see their draft board in April with another three torn ACL players on it.
5: Oh yeah, you're from the. You may not be a Niners fan, but you're from the Bay Area. You already know that. That's the Bulky special is drafting, and sometimes it works out. I will admit, sometimes it works out. Sometimes I get excited. When they drafted Marcus Lattimore, I think in like the fourth round, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is great!" You know, he hurt his knee, so his value is super low. He never played more than like a handful of snaps in the NFL. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, that happens. Uh, you know what? I think the best part about the Urban Meyer thing, Daniel, is is so if you're unfamiliar with it, Shad Khan is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. His son, Tony Khan runs AEW, the professional wrestling company. You've heard Brian Alvarez and Mike Zempervivi talk about it on Wrestling Observer many a time. They've had many wrestlers. They've even had Tony Khan on a few different times. So on Wednesday nights, AEW films one of their live shows. AEW Dynamite. Shot Khan was actually at Dynamite last night. So that means he watched two hours of professional wrestling and at some sometime during that wrestling event, it clicked for him saying, you know what, I got to fire Urban Meyer. I think that might be the best part of this whole story is that ShotKan, there were no intense meetings in his office. There were no confrontations with Urban Meyer. There was no meeting with the trusted advisory panel. He was at a wrestling event and then decided to fire Urban Meyer. I think that might be the best part of this entire story. And I actually watched the first hour of that wrestling show. It, it was a great match, and it lasted an hour long. So Shot Khan must have been really entertained uh, and, and loving things, and realizing we can do better. We can do better than Urban Meyer. All right. Phone numbers one eight hundred eight seven eight seven five two nine. And Daniel, I, I, because I think it's a funny story. How did you become a Jaguars man? You're, you're born, raised in the Bay Area. The Niners were good when we were growing up. The Raiders have been good on and off. Other teams have been dominant, like the Patriots. That would have been an easy one to gravitate to. The Steelers, the Cowboys. And not not that the Jaguars were bad in the 90s. They were actually really good with Mark Brunel, Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith, Kenan McCardell. I used used to love playing with them on game day 98, if you couldn't tell. I just rattled off, like, five, six different guys there. How on earth? Earth, did you become a Jaguars fan? Excuse me, fan.
9: Fred Taylor still belongs in the Hall of Fame. That's just Absolutely. my personal opinion. I, I may, may or may not be biased, but it was a team pencil, first grade, pulled it out of the little quarter machine that you put the quarter in, thought it was a cool color, thought it was a cool name. That's been my team ever since, and boy, did I pick the wrong pencil.
5: I was going to say, have you ever gotten to the point where you regret it like, my entire fanhood in the NFL was determined by a pencil, and it ruined... At least you're not a Lions
9: fan? Not it, much difference.
5: Not much difference, but oh, admittedly, they have had better position players than the, the, the Jags. But they, you know what the Jags did get to the AFC Championship? That, Miles that, Jack wasn't down. Yeah, that, that is better than I, the Lions have done. Um, and the Jaguars haven't gone 0-16 before, so... You've got that to ra- sharpen your pencil and, and hang your hat on is, is that fact, that they're not 0-16. they And, 16. They've never and been we've and got
9: 16. teal.
5: You've got better colors. I, I like the light blue and the gray, though. I'm okay with it. I will say the Jaguars, not their color rush uniforms, but in general the color scheme, definitely better. You know what, Daniel, if, you, if you're good, let's let's take this to a, a little bit of an early break. We've exhausted the Urban Meyer uh, ridiculousness. Um Thanks for hopping on. I, I appreciate you, you, you taking some time there talking about the Jags and Urban Meyer and the absurdity that, you know what? Urban Meyer, it was perfect that he was a coach in Florida because the entire situation has Florida man scre- screaming all over it. And right, I'm Dominic Jimenez. This is tailany Sports.
3: 800-754-4531.
7: You're listening to Dominic Jimenez on Sports Byline USA.
5: Daniel bringing it back with the Casey Musgraves. Love it. Casey's awesome. Right, we got a couple minutes left in the hour, and I, I've got I was gonna wait until the end of the show just just to end on a high note. Just kidding. Um, but I'm I'm gonna tell this story now because I have a little bit of extra time because we took a, a little bit of an early break. So. Jackson Mahomes, the brother of Patrick Mahomes. He, he's now a, a TikTok star. Um, he's kind of annoying, and he is definitely playing off the fact that his last name is Mahomes. If you remember, he did a TikTok dancing on Sean Taylor's number when the Washington football team retired his number. I don't 100% blame Jackson Mahomes for that because he was in the like designated friends and family area. And Washington was just dumb and happened to put it where you had Sean Taylor's number on the sideline. So in that regard, it was stupid of Washington. But it was also stupid of Jackson Mahomes to, you know, not be a little more aware of where he was and maybe stepping off to the side to do his TikTok dance. Or hear me out, just not doing one. But uh, he's now in a feud with a local bar in Kansas City called S.O.T. Cocktail Bar. Uh, The younger brother of Chiefs... This is per the New York Post. uh, Jackson Mahomes reportedly arrived at the bar this week with a large group that the establishment was unable to seat due to space. Just the bar wasn't big enough. Uh, Mahomes then took to social media to put the bar on blast to his massive following, according to the note on SOT's Facebook page. And they responded. And I I have to read the quote because it's, it's... I love it. I love that they took the time and shot back there. They weren't going to go down quietly when you try to trash them here. Here's what SOT bar had to say, dear at Jackson Mahomes and they tagged him. We're sorry that we set boundaries that you tried to ignore. Oftentimes people with unearned status and a sense of entitlement think that they are above the rules and will lash out at the employee enforcing said rules. We are sorry. We could not seat you. your very large group. As you probably saw, our bar is very small. We're sorry that you have the reach that you do, or at least that you think you do, and that instead of using it for something positive, you decided to use it to try and crush a small business. We survived a global pandemic. We'll survive your ego. We're sorry you didn't reach out to us first before taking to social media, but then again, that is an expectation we would have from a mature and rational person. Not someone who pours water on fans and dances on the memorials of tragically lost people for TikTok clout. We have not been fortunate enough to be born into a much more talented and much more famous family, but we would like to think that if we did have that much luck, we would use our influence in a more responsible way. We hope our apology finds you well. Hey, Daniel, really quick. Do you have a fire extinguisher or or some aloe vera or something? Because that's a burn. Jackson Mahomes got roasted. Put him in a plastic container and sell him at Costco. Roasted, dude. And honestly, I'm here for it. I don't mind. He had it coming. It is what it is. Any more other cliches I can throw out there? I don't think so, but shout out to SOT Bar. I even have a bunch of uh people online saying, how can I support this bar even if I'm out of state? So... Yeah, they won that one. R.I.P. Jackson Mahomes. Not really, but you you get what I'm saying. All right, we got another two hours to go. More after the uh, commercial. This news break. Excuse me. I'm Dominic menes This is Data Lightning Sports.
15: USA Radio News with Lance Pride
16: Georgia Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene has said that the text messages sent to Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows during January 6 clears them of any wrongdoing as there was no intent
17: I think the text messages just completely show that President Trump is innocent all of us are innocent the riot shouldn't have happened and we were all against it just like we've said all along
16: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis introduced a bill Wednesday to allow parents to sue public school districts if they teach critical race theory. DeSantis' bill is titled Stop Woke Act. Heavy winds battered the Rockies all the way to the Great Lakes Wednesday, setting weather records as gusts shut down a stretch of Interstate 70, tore off roofs, and even forced the evacuation of some air traffic controllers. At least 55 reports of hurricane-force thunderstorm wind gusts over 75 miles per hour were tracked by the National Weather Service Storm Prediction Center. USA Radio News.
18: America's built and based on liberties and freedoms. Liberty Healthshare brings that to healthcare. The liberty of choosing your own doctor, the liberty of choosing your own hospital. Liberty Healthshare makes healthcare affordable to millions of Americans. Ignite your liberty. Sharing plans starting at $199 for a single, $399 for a couple, and no matter how big the family, only $529. That's $529 for the entire family. To learn how you can save, go to lightyourliberty.com. That's lightyour Li-
17: You may be into punk rock, soft rock, or classic rock, R&B, hip hop, or house, country, techno, or techno country. But no matter what kind of music you listen to, here's something else you should hear. Please consider getting vaccinated. Talk to your pharmacist today about comernity, COVID-19 vaccine mRNA. This message brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer.
16: Listeria is a kind of bacteria that is found in soil, water, and some animals, including cattle and poultry. When eaten, Listeria becomes a foodborne illness. In fact, one of the most serious types of food poisoning. There's now a recall going on because of listeria contamination.
0: Alexander and Horning is voluntarily recalling over two million pounds of pork products due to listeria concerns. Affected brands include Neiman Ranch, Amish Country, Fresh Brand, Big Y, and Welshire. The products should not be consumed and thrown away or returned to the store where they were purchased. So far, the company has not received any reports of people getting sick. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau,
16: I'm Tim Berg. Typhoon Rice slammed the eastern coast of the Philippines on Thursday afternoon, bringing torrential rain and the threat of widespread flooding. It went from a Category 1 to a Category 5 storm in just 24 hours. In Easter Visayas, more than 45,000 people have been evacuated to government shelters. USA Radio News. Strong charges against Dr. Fauci are being heard from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He says Dr. Fauci has turned the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases into the world's biggest incubator of new pharmaceutical products. Mr. Kennedy last night on Newsmax.
19: I knew a different Tony Fauci. I knew the man who was the architect of agency capture who had taken a public health agency directed it away from public health towards a new mission of promoting pharmaceutical products and transformed his own agency, the National Institute for Allergic Infectious Disease, into the world's biggest incubator of new pharmaceutical products. Between 2009 and 2016, FDA approved 240 new pharmaceutical drugs, all of which came from Tony Fauci's shop. I showed how he he personally takes uh, um, patent rights on these drugs. His agency owns half the patent for the Moderna vaccine. He's distributed patent rights to four of his favorite loyalists, who will now receive $150,000 a year for life.
16: The next SpaceX launch is set for December 21st as it heads to the International Space Station. The Florida launch from the Kennedy Space Center will broadcast live on the NASA TV app early Tuesday morning. Lance Pry, USA Radio News. What are you so happy about? I'm on the pill.
0: Aren't you two a bit old to worry about having more kids? Not her, me. Uh, You
2: lost me there, buddy
1: steel man pills things weren't always looking up if you catch my drift so my doctor prescribed me a little something
2: like viagra
1: yeah but that's expensive and it wasn't covered by my insurance steel man pills cost me less than three bucks a pill and virtually the same effect i just called and got over 40 pills for only 99 dollars. Uh, i have this friend who might be looking and well if your friend wants some help the consultation is free over the phone no clinic Steelman Pill pills sends it in the mail in a confidential package
0: i'm on it i I mean, my v- friend will be on it.
1: Steel Man Pills.
14: Going the extra mile to help men with
3: erectile dysfunction. 800 399 3691. 800 399 3691. That's 800 399 3691.
17: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
5: All right, it's another hour of titillating sports. Dominic is on the microphone. Tomorrow's going to be an absolutely insane show. Three hours, nine segments, nine guests. Pray for me, y'all. Just kidding. It'll, It'll be a fun time. Last two Thursdays, 17 guests between the two. All right. I think I'm a professional. I think I can handle it. What I can handle is your calls. We've got a guest coming up in the next in the next segment, George Gamble, talking a little soccer. With uh, He's an ATN specialist against the number.com. In about half an hour, I'm going to be talking with former All-Pro linebacker Ryan Shazier about his new book, Walking Miracle. But that middle segment, 25 After, is wide open for your calls, so you can give me a call 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529, and we're going to do our thing and talk some sports. Shout out to everybody listening, appreciate you spending some time joining me today. Whether it's live or if it's uh, an after podcast version, thank you. It doesn't matter. Thank you. If you're hearing me, thank you. Also a huge shout out and a thank you to the troops listening on the American Forces Network for keeping us safe and and protecting us and making the world a better place for us so that we can do whatever it is that we do here at home. Me, sitting in a cold studio talking into a piece of metal. Yeah, that's what I do for a living. That's one of those, explain your job poorly. I sit in a room talking to myself. Technically, a factual statement. But I digress. Thank you uh, to all the troops out there protecting us, whether you're at home or abroad, and happy holidays to you. I know this is an even more difficult time of the year not being able to be home with your families. So I'm Dominic Jimenez. We're going to talk some soccer. Talk about that Champions League redraw. How stupid was that? All right, I'm Dominic Jimenez. This is Tittle Lightning Sports.
17: You may be into punk rock.
3: That's eight hundred seven six zero eighteen forty five.
7: Titulating Sports continues on Sports Byline USA.
5: It is 10 and 12 after in the third hour. And you know what that means. It is time for our against the number segment against the number. What's that? Well, let me tell you, it's a highly skilled, reasonably priced team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing and one thing only beating the sports books at their own game. They cover every sport worldwide from the NFL to college basketball, to soccer, to cricket, to tennis, to European hockey And all of their specialists are proven winners. We offer full season, end of current season, one month, one week, one day, and one year specialist-specific packages. Prices are reasonable, tracking and distribution process is simple, and the results are real. One of those sports that I just mentioned is soccer. I'm very excited now to welcome in ATN soccer specialist George Gamble. And we're going to talk some soccer. George, how are you doing today, my friend?
20: I'm doing very well, thank you. How, are you. how about yourself?
5: I'm doing quite well. Let's jump into this. The big news today: uh, Sergio Aguero's retirement officially has happened due to a heart condition. Puts Barcelona further in in bad shape. George Messi's gone. They lost Aguero. Uh, they've been they were knocked out of the Champions League group stages. They're in eighth place in La Liga. Uh, we'll start with Aguero. He's arguably one of the greatest strikers of uh, this generation. What what are your some thoughts and memories of Aguero? Well, I'm a lifelong
20: Manchester City fan, so I've got extremely fond memories uh, mm. of Sergio
5: Aguero. It was
20: absolutely heartbreaking watching his press conference today, obviously, in absolute tears, and announcing his retirement. You can quite see, obviously, you know he's, he still feels that he's got something to offer, but medically, he's been advised, obviously, to, to retire. And, you know, health is paramount. That's the most important thing. But, yeah, what a player. Just an unbelievable player. In, in my opinion, if not the best, at least in the top two, for the best foreign imports into the Premier League, they won City their first title in dramatic fashion, he's just a proven winner, proven goal scorer and he. on a legend is a term thrown around quite a lot, probably too much. But if you know you wanted to define a legend, Sergio Aguero certainly fits that. But um, in, in terms of what you said for Barcelona, you, you know you're 100% correct. It leaves them in even worse position, really. Um, really struggling this season. It's a season of transition, obviously losing Messi, um, and now you know, the likes of Aguero who won't be available to them. As you said, they're languishing in eighth. Uh, they'll be playing Europa League football. Um, tier down from the Champions League and yeah Xavi's got his work cut out but obviously a Barcelona legend um, but I, I do kind of feel it's sort of make or break for them um, this season you know to make sure they don't fall into mid-table you know mediocrity because this is Barcelona we're talking about Remember they're one of the greatest sides on the planet that's what we're accustomed to seeing and, but yeah things aren't going well for them
5: so far as a Real Madrid fan, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was enjoying this tumble that Barcelona was going through right now. But uh, <laughs> I got I to gotta remember, Real Madrid's got some age to them too, so it very easily could happen uh, in the next moment for them. Um, we, we We talked briefly about the Champions League, and it wouldn't be soccer if there wasn't controversy, would it, George, with the Champions League round of 16 draw and the redraw that happened after. The first draw we actually had... P.S.G. versus United. We were going to get Messi and Ronaldo, and then there was some kind of problem, and we redrew. So it, walk me through it. How, how ridiculous was it that they had to redraw the entire thing?
20: Oh, it was an absolute farce. It really was. You know, all, all the kind of money that's available available to them, it's a fairly simple process that they adopt as well. You know, it's not it's not entirely difficult, but they just seem to absolutely gnaw it up and. Yeah, because obviously they made the draw, made the mistake of not having a couple of teams in there. And they said, oh, we'll put that one in there. But the problem is, with the draw that was made, You know, some of the teams were, that were available to them um, in terms of the draw weren't included. So it's kind of null and void. Surely it's got to be null and void. And they said the data that they used, the software they used um, in terms of being able to decide which teams are actually eligible uh, to phase the team drawn. they said that uh, it was faulty. Um, but it was just ridiculous. It really was. And it was only a few hours after that they said they'll be redrawing it. So, you know, it could have potentially gone ahead with that mistake in there. And I mean, like I said, as a City fan, I was happy either way. We drew VRL first and then got Sporting Lisbon um, second. But no, you're right. That Paris saint germain uh, man United side, I think was a brilliant one. Man United have played PSG quite a few times over recent years, but it just had that extra element of excitement purely for the fact Messi would be going against Ronaldo, even at the ages that they are. You know, it's still such a big game if those two go against each other. So, yeah, it was a bit of a fuss, but you know, as long as you got the right result in the end in terms of the draw was done correctly, that's obviously the main thing.
5: And this is the second World... I'm going to move a little bit to the World Cup. This is the second World Cup window where UEFA is going to be missing some heavy hitters. The playoff it includes teams like Portugal and Italy, and they both won't be able to advance. So what does that say to the... The growth of the game on a national level in Europe in terms of the smaller countries, obviously we know about the heavy hitters, England, Spain, uh, France, Germany. We, we, we're we familiar with their dominance. But t- talk, talk a little bit about the rise of these smaller teams. I think of like Austria and Iceland's run in, in the last World Cup and, and teams like that. Talk to me a little bit about that.
20: Well, I think it gives them that extra motivation, doesn't it? We're suddenly, you know, as, as time goes on and you're seeing different types of football um, sort of played, I mean, I'm a big fan of the latest culture. You know, it seems to be, for example, in, in England, it was mainly just to kind of hoof it upfield. Uh, we didn't really do that. The Spain sort of tactic of trying to pass out from the back and you know, fluid football. And we've even adopted that now. And you saw that in the Euros when we played so well. But for the smallest sort of sides, you know, for me, an example that um, sort of personifies that is Denmark. The way they play, you know, they've got they've got some very good players, but no sort of world beaters that you'd recognise. But the team dynamic, the way they play for each other, but the way that the philosophy is there. And they were competitive, you know, making it to the semi-final of the Euros. And they're just a brilliant, brilliant team. So I think we're starting to see a slight decline. Um, you know, not a major one, but some of the big hitters. They're just kind of, they were playing a level that was just ridiculous. And, and now I think they're coming down to sort of the mean, as it were, in terms of other sides. You know, Italy is still fantastic but the age is not on their side for their players similar with Portugal who relied heavily on Ronaldo but luckily have a, a few decent players in the likes of Bernardo Silva and, and players of that ilk but um, but yeah it really does give motivation to the smaller countries saying so, you know, if we have a good team dynamic we have a good team ethic um, with a few sort of very very good technical players here and there then we can compete on the big stage as well and It just makes for an even more competitive international tournament when you've got these small countries believing that they can take on the big boys and beat them. Um, Yeah, it's brilliant.
5: I think nothing really proves your point about teams coming together than the fact that Denmark went on that run without their best player, Christian Eriksson. I think that kind of uh, further proves your point to uh, the camaraderie these other countries have. Uh, One last question for you, George. Uh, the MLS Cup was was a great one to watch it was full of drama it was a it was a low scoring a scoring affair but when it comes to soccer a one nil game can change in, in a heartbeat and we had a goal to tie it up by Portland in the last five seconds and now there's a report in the US and it is these just a report and it's it's loose polls but in terms of popularity soccer has overtaken the hockey here and it is now the fourth most popular sport. The men's national team looks like they actually might qualify for the World Cup this go-around, so yep. uh, talk to me a little bit about the, the growth of the game in, in the U.S., because I'm seeing it here, but from a, you know, a, a an outsider's perspective, how are you seeing the growth of the game in the United States?
20: Well, i followed the MLS for, for quite a few years, and, and I always kind of said, you know, as soon as David Beckham went over there to begin with, I mean, not many people have really sort of done it. I've heard of many MLS teams, um, apart from those in America, but You know, just from then on, the sort of, you know, the decade after that proceeding has just grown and grown and grown. We've seen the likes of the City Football Group, who obviously, you know, New York City winning it, um, become under their umbrella. Um, But I actually was was in America for uh, for quite a while. Um, I went to watch quite a few teams, uh, including New York City. But I went to watch Seattle Sounders um, and it really surprised me because I I do feel the fans there, the atmosphere is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It's so, so loud, so good and also the quality of the game itself is much more technical than I'd say it was maybe 10 years ago Uh, and it really is so competitive it's brilliant to watch okay maybe not quite has the quality of Europe but it's on its way you know it's definitely on its way and as you said you're seeing with the men's national team some of these players are so technically gifted obviously being a City fan we've got Zach Steffen uh, the keeper in goal and he's brilliant he really is excellent I know he's uh, understudied to Edison but whenever he's given his chance he doesn't tend to make mistakes he's very assured in goal uh, and it's a testament to what the U.S. are doing with their, you know, with their football, both in terms of internationally um, and on a club level as well. So, yeah, I'm very impressed, and I'm excited to see where the MLS can go and say it the next 10 years.
5: Likewise, the, the growth over 10 years has been phenomenal, and, and to see it continue to grow will be exciting. Uh, it'll also be exciting to see my team, the San Jose Earthquakes, perform a little better, but that's okay. We've been speaking with George Gamble. He is a soccer specialist at againstthenumber.com head over to the website and check out some of Georgia's soccer picks. We're, we're right in the middle of soccer season. It's, it's beautiful. Maybe not the MLS that's over, but it, everywhere else it's soccer season, which is a beautiful thing that you can basically get soccer year round. If you're a fan. So George, thank you so much for taking some time and talking some uh, beautiful game with us. We appreciate having you on.
20: Thank you for having me much. Appreciate Have a great rest
5: of your show. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. And cheers. All right. I'm Dominic. Jimenez. more on the other side. This is Tito sports.
10: If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. start increasing your bone density. Call now.
3: 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. 800-756-3744, 800-756-3744, 800-756-3744, 800-756-3744, that's 800
7: You're listening to Dominic Jimenez on Sports Byline USA.
5: Welcome into the show, or welcome back to the show. I'm Dominic Jimenez. I'm in for Rick Tittle. And if uh, I'm still taking calls, just like Rick does when he's got an open segment, 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. Give me a call, I'll throw you on the board, and we'll talk some sports, huh? I think that sounds good. This was a segment I had originally pegged to talk with Rick or one of my friends, Ryan and Justin, all three of whom were at the game. The game. Steph Curry breaking Ray Allen's all-time three-pointers record in 511 less games. So he put another 500 games on Steph. So he plays most of the seasons. It's uh, four seasons worth of three-pointers that he can can continue to have. Uh, I think that record is going to end up being a very big number. We do have a caller. Hey, caller, what's going on? Hello? Hi, this is Sports Byline.
21: Oh, I think I have the wrong number.
5: Sorry. No worries. The beauty of live radio guess i should have known when they were like hello guess i guess that probably was a pretty good clue that that was not going to be a a caller calling in to talk about steph curry but that's okay i mean for a great moment of levity i'm i'm i got a stupid smile on my face that's kind of funny where was i oh right stephen curry So this record, I think one day it will be broken just because of the way the game has changed, what Steph Curry has done to change the game. I've got to say, I think it's going to change. It will. It will be broken one day. Will we see another shooter as great as Steph Curry? I don't think so. Here's one of the kickers. Steph missed a lot of time early on in his career due to injuries. Now again, is there going to be another shooter like Steph? Probably not. Is there going to be somebody who's pretty close? A Clay Thompson maybe? Not Cl- Clay Thompson is not going to break the record, but a shooter comparable to Clay Thompson who can light it up is a, gr- a amazing shooter. He's not quite Steph, but he's a fantastic shooter. Yeah, I I could see somebody like that coming along one day. You got to remember the generation that grew up uh, inspired by Kobe and LeBron and Jordan, generations, actually. The current generation is being led and inspired by Steph Curry. We've heard a lot of veteran players say, oh, Steph Curry's ruining the game. He shoots too many threes and... He takes impossible shots and his fundamentals and, oh, I got kids out here trying to be Steph Curry and they, they sh- just want to do nothing but shoot. I get what they're saying. I get it. But you're going to tell me that Kobe didn't ruin the game a little bit when he would hit fade away after fade away after fade away? Dirk didn't ruin the game with the off-balance one-legged jumper fade away? No. But I think that speaks to Steph Curry's greatness. His ability to transcend the sport and, and alter the game, change the game, the way it's played, the way it's approached, the way players carry themselves, the way they train. We talk about Steph's shooting ability. What we never talk about is his conditioning. Steph Curry constantly runs on offense. He almost never stops moving because the defense throws so much attention at him. If there's not a a singular stopper on the team, a la Mathis Thibel, with the Sixers, who did an excellent job guarding Steph uh, over the weekend, if if there's not somebody like that, teams double. Even if there is a guy like that, Steph sees so many double teams. You know, defenses grab him, they try to hold him, they they body bump him, they you know stick a hip out, maybe a knee. They try to beat him up a little bit. And I get it, and it, it, it works sometimes. It doesn't always work, but Steph is in a constant state of motion. Object at rest, an object in motion stays in motion. An Object at rest stays at rest. Well, Steph's constantly moving. So his conditioning is what we don't give him enough credit for. Yes, greatest shooter ever. Yes, makes ridiculous shots, great handles, makes his teammates better. Even by just being present, even 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 he's not shooting it well, his presence makes his teammates better because the defense is focused on stopping Steph. And this is all without Klay Thompson. That's another person who, like I was saying two minutes ago, is a comparable shooter to Steph Curry. He's not Steph Curry, don't get me wrong. I love Klay Thompson. He's extremely good. Not greatest shooter ever, though. And that's Steph's... uh, Yes, he's made the most three-pointers, but I think we can also say Steph Curry is the greatest three uh, shooter of all time. I, I think we've reached that point. In addition to physically having the record of most threes made, it, you just watch him. And he's the best shooter ever. Ray Allen said it was subjective. He won't agree with me. He still thinks he's the best shooter ever, but I disagree. But that's what subjective opinions are all about. And with LeBron on its hair... I think he's averaging like 35-7-7 and 7 over his last 10 games. Something ridiculous at, at his, I'm going to say advanced age, like he's not a few years older than me. But LeBron's got a lot of miles. He's been in the league a long time. Same with Steph. And I've reached the age now where most of the players that I grew up watching have retired. You know, Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, Kobe, Yao, Shaq, Jay Rich, Antoine Jameson, that Gilbert Arenas, that era they're done. You still got guys like LeBron and 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 some other older guys. Even Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh aren't playing anymore. I was they were class of o three, o four, o two, o four, three, 04, 02, 04, 3, something like that. They've been around 16, 17 years. Now, I was a teenager when that happened, so I didn't watch them growing up, but I was still growing up when they came into the league. And what I've come to realize now as an adult is that we should appreciate greatness while we are in its presence. Now, I don't get to a lot of Warriors games. Even when they were in Oakland at Oracle, I'd go to maybe one or two a year. Conversely, Giants games are twice as many home games, but you know I, I'll go to ten Giants games a season. I'll go to one or two Warriors games a year, and there's a hint of regret that I didn't go more often. Because Steph Curry is officially greatness. I, I'm cate- categorizing him as greatness. I watched LeBron play the Warriors, I think his first five years in the league. And I could appreciate his excellence, even five years into the league. I spent $200 at Staples Center to watch the Warriors get blown out by the Lakers. But you know what? I got to watch Kobe Bryant play a game at Staples Center, now the Crypto.com Arena or Center. I don't even know what it's called. But it's not the Staples Center anymore. I sat way up there. Marcelo Huertas hit a, had a triple-double for the Lakers. I think the Warriors lost by 20-plus points. It was the year they lost nine games in the regular season. I managed to see one of them. But you know what? I got to hear Kobe Bryant get introduced. I got to see him come out onto the court with the video, with the curtain, everything that the Lakers do. I got to see it. I got to be in the presence of greatness. And in that moment... I was old enough to appreciate what I was getting to see and what was happening. And I think Steph Curry has reached that point where the next time I go to a Warriors game, I'm just going to take a minute to myself mid-game and just sit and reflect on how lucky I am, how lucky we are to be able to watch a player like Steph Curry. Now, he's not the... I still think LeBron's the best player in the league. I think Kevin Durant is one of the best players in the league. But there's something about Steph Curry. I think it's his humbleness off the court. I won't say he's humble on the court. If Steph Curry wasn't on my team, I would probably couldn't stand him. With the, the shot and then turning around, the finger guns, the, the winking, the chewing on the, the mouth guard, the dancing, it would drive me crazy. But you know what? He can back it up. So in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. My point is, these type of players are not with us forever while they're playing. It's just a fact. Father time is undefeated. It's a cliche sportsism for a reason. Because it's true. Even LeBron, who 35-7-7 and over his last 10 games, he's struggled with injuries over the last few years. He's lost a step. He's not the same LeBron. And that happens. But it's okay. As long as we understand we are in the presence of greatness and can appreciate it and we don't take it for granted. That's what I'm trying to say. So congratulations to Stephen Curry. Phenomenal player. Phenomenal moment at Madison Square Garden. Just perfect. It's a new three-point king. And that number is only going to go up from here. On the other side former All-Pro linebacker Ryan Shazier joins me to talk about his new book, Walking Miracle. I'm Dominic Jimenez. This is Tittle Lightning Sports.
7: When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries.
3: That's 800-817-2968.
22: Here's a simple solution for you. If you have back pain, knee pain, or any other pain in your body, it's as simple as drinking a glass of water every day. Your body is over 60% water, and drinking the best water you can get is crucial for your health.
7: we are the number one automated driveway gate brand in the USA. Each gate is meticulously handcrafted from powder coated galvanized steel. They are resistant to chipping, scratching, and fading, and come with an unheard of 10 year warranty, making them beautiful for years to come. We offer a wide variety of styles and sizes to choose from. See our full selection at alico.com. That's aleko.com. That's A L E K O.com. 10% off plus free shipping on any item. Use code RADIO10 at checkout. Aleko.com. Now back to titillating sports on Sports Byline USA.
5: Welcome back into the show. Dominic Jimenez here. We're heard around the world on the American Forces Radio Network, heard across the country amongst our many affiliates. And I'm very excited to welcome in my next guest. It is the former All-Pro linebacker Ryan Shazier of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's written a new book. It's a memoir called Walking Miracle. How faith, positive thinking, and passion for football brought me back from paralysis and helped me find purpose via press box publicity. And as you uh, you may remember, Ryan suffered a devastating spinal injury on December fourteenth, twenty seventeen, on Monday Night Football, and uh, he, he's made quite the recovery. Ryan, welcome to the show. Uh, what take me about the decision to uh, to put pen to paper and kind of share your arduous journey of recovery.
21: Uh. I thought about it for a while, and when I was you know, uh, going through my injury, I just started to notice how many people were struggling with the same injury that I was, but then also that people were just struggling in general uh, with just adversity. So I thought it was really important to share my story because I was able to overcome a lot of adversity that I was dealing with, but then also uh, I think it was just a good way to help others understand how to get through adversity. So I wanted to share that, but then I also wanted to show show and share my journey through my injury and help people really get get through things and just understand what I was going through because, you know, in the media, uh, sometimes you can uh, put something out and everybody can, you know, put their own message to it or, or write it up their own way, but I felt that it was important for me to tell my own story and not allow somebody else to tell it.
5: I I love that. And uh, growing up, you you suffered from alopecia and you also had scoliosis. So how did embracing and overcoming those obstacles get you into the right mindset to kind of help you deal with this neck injury and recovering from that?
21: I think it really helped me out a lot because at a young age, it really taught me how to overcome adversity, deal with adversity, understanding that things aren't just the way that you draw them up. I was blessed to play football and a lot of things did go the way I drew them up, uh, but a lot of things didn't as well. And I think me going through those injuries, uh, and I talk about it a lot in the book, really helped me just understand that life sometimes gives you apples, sometimes it gives you lemons. And, you know, sometimes you have to understand you have to make apple juice or uh, lemonade, but it just, no matter what, you can always find good in the situation. And that's one thing that I learned uh, growing up.
5: Talk to me about the the role of faith in in your recovery and in your life. Did you did you ever have a, a "why me" moment or or just anger or frustration? Uh, it's a, t- talk to me about that.
21: I definitely had frustration, uh, frustration, and I had a lot of tough moments sometimes. But I wouldn't. I didn't have a whole lot of "why me" moments, and the reason I didn't have a lot of them is because I don't like to go back and say "why me." I wish things went this way. Because if you do. There's always a situation when you look back and say, hey, the grass is greener over here. But then you notice, it's like, man, uh, I still have some things that I wish would happen. You know, nobody's life is perfect. And sometimes you get dealt a bad hand. And I think the best thing is to understand how to overcome that bad hand. It's almost like life is like a game of poker. You you, 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 you get a hand and you have to understand how to, how to deal with it. And um, I try my best not to... You know, complain about the hands that I was dealt, and just be more more happy about it, and just understand and ask God uh, about about the way that He wanted to use me in this situation.
5: You know, we've been talking, Ryan, for about three and a half minutes, and I can tell that just through your few f- answers that you're incredibly optimistic. How how were you able to stay so optimistic throughout this recovery? Because after the injury, you were given a 20% chance to ever walk again and and here you are you're walking uh, you're dancing at your wedding and and, and just you're an inspiration to so many people now so how did you manage to stay so optimistic throughout this process?
21: Um, I think I get that from my mother Uh, my mom uh, our whole life no matter what situation we were in she always looked in that situation and tried to find the positive in it she was always really grateful really happy and just thankful for all the things that we overcome and dealt with and I just try to live my life in that way, just be thankful, and just understand that uh, life is, 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 you know, it, life is great, and you just have to be thankful for it, and always try to find a positive in it, because you know, it just depends on the situation. You just never know what somebody else is going through, and you know, somebody's situation is always worse than yours. So I'm always try to find a light in the situation, and just be thankful for what I have.
5: Speaking with Ryan Chazier, former All-Pro linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's written a, a memoir that basically uh, chronicles his hard work and determination on the road to recovery from a spinal injury. And the book is called "Walking Miracle: How Faith, Positive Thinking, and Passion for Football Brought Me Back from Paralysis and Helped Me Find Purpose." Via Press Box publicity. And Ryan, I want to go there. There's one thing in the subtitle that I found fascinating. Uh, how how did your passion for football Bring you back from paralysis and help you find purpose.
21: Uh, the reason I say my passion for football because in everything I do, I always try to get the best. And one of my visions was to be
5: able to play football
21: again and you know make the Hall of Fame again. And I used that passion to you know push every day to get back to that purpose. Obviously, I retired because I just started to notice once I got closer to the the possibility of playing that I wasn't going to be playing at the level that I that I would have wanted to be playing mm-hmm. and. So that's kind of one of the reasons I retired. But then also that uh, I just, you know, wanted to be around my family a little bit more and just spend time with my family a little bit more. But it just the the fact that I love the game so much and what the game provided me, um, you know, I was just doing everything I could to get back to it because I've been playing it for my whole life. And it it, it it's built me to endure so many difficult situations. So I'm truly thankful for it.
5: And how were you able to adapt to basically a, a forced and sudden retirement? Because I've spoken with enough athletes now and we've heard enough stories where athletes struggle when they when they have time to prepare for retirement. They, they miss the camaraderie, the routine. There's so many different aspects that um, they do struggle with when they have time to prepare, when they know they're going to retire. So what was it like for you? It was a forced retirement, essentially. It was out of the blue. It was sudden. Uh, to have your, your game and your abilities on the football field. You were an all-pro level, Hall of Fame trajectory. What was that like, uh, having retirement basically forced upon you?
21: Uh, I'm not going to lie. That was a very difficult situation for me, but at the end of the day, I understood that it was is inevitable. Everybody has to retire eventually. Mine just ended up happening a little bit earlier than I wanted to. Um, it was definitely hard because I played the game of football for over 20 years, so, you know, after a while, uh, it, it's like being, imagine being married to somebody for 20 years. It's, it's hard to overcome that. Mm-hmm. But I would just, you know, I just understood the situation I was in and I just, I didn't want to, you know, complain about that. And, and I didn't want to harp on it because, you know, just thinking about all the things I could have had, uh, that's not going to help me moving forward. So I just think about the things I I do have and how I can continue to push forward and try to get better and and be a better person. And,
5: yeah and and you know for anybody if it's an athlete seeing being able to see themselves progress and improve is is validating if somebody's like in school and their grades are going up it's validating what was that moment like for you when you took those first steps at the draft getting to announce the Steelers pick and then stepping that up a notch being able to dance at your wedding 17 months after your injury how validating was that for you after the road that you took recovering
21: oh it was, it was a very uh uh amazing uh and, and crazy journey my life has been like a roller coaster but it, it was it was it was definitely an awesome feeling to be able to walk at my wedding dance at my wedding walk at the drop. because it's a combination of thanking so many people but then also telling the naysayers hey these are things that you know, say it would never will happen, and God is, is, is such a big guy. He allowed these things to happen, so I was just truly thankful. Thankful for both of those situations, but just to to, to go from where I came from to be able to do those things, it just, I'm, it just, it's just uh, a testament of how great God is.
5: And Pittsburgh has to be one of the best sports cities in in the United States, uh, and the organization, the Steelers, one of the best. They've been around a long time. Nothing but. Class and and just great people. And they've had three coaches over the last f- f- 40, 50 years, whatever it might be. Talk to me a little bit about your relationship with the organization and the city of Pittsburgh.
21: Uh, so my relationship with the organization and the city of Pittsburgh, I think, is amazing. It's a, uh, I just I'm just truly really thankful to be drafted here. Truly, be thankful to be close to the relationship of the uh, close to the to the team, and I just. Uh, I think it's a blessing because a lot of people don't get the opportunities of of, of being in a great team in a great situation like I was. In the, the city, they take me in. They took me in very well, and um, and they treat me like a like a you know a Yinzer, That's what they call a Pittsburghan. And you know the Steelers, uh, they've been very supportive of everything I've done, and and from recovering to even now just uh, trying to focus on helping others with my foundation. They just really been really supportive and just really
5: uh, uh I'm just really thankful to, to have them uh,
21: be a uh, uh, have me part of the franchise.
5: You read my mind because I was about to ask you about the foundation. You know, so many times we, we see an athlete and they get dealt a bad hand and they 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 recover and that's that. But you took it a step further and founded the uh, Ryan Shazier Fund for spinal rehabilitation. Uh, Talk to me about the decision to get that started and then also uh, what the goal was when you did start it.
21: Um, So the decision to get that started was was basically off of my rehab. I would be in rehab and obviously a lot of others in rehab with me, but some people were falling off. They weren't getting as much rehab or they were leaving the facility earlier than I was and I started asking a lot of questions. And I noticed that a lot of people weren't getting some of the necessary resources to, to get better. So I started asking more questions about how I can help those, and that's why I started the fund. So it can allow people to get more rehab, allow them to get adaptations in their home to be able to be to be able to get the rehab that's necessary to help them uh, get better. And um, I thought it was really important to be able to start that and help others because I was blessed to have resources and have the support of the city. But there's some people that that don't have anybody there with them, and I think it's important to always have somebody. With you, when you're dealing with something so so critical and so life changing as a spinal cord injury.
5: And one last question for you, Ryan. When you were putting this book together, was it difficult for you at all going back and and thinking about the the journey through rehab, the the tough moments, the the illnesses, the the pain? Was it difficult for you recounting those stories in order to reach the end goal of hoping to inspire others?
21: Um, it, you know, it's always tough going over the moments that. Moment that in your life that's, you know, life-changing, life-altering. But you also have to understand that uh, this this one story, this little thing that you're dealing with can help change somebody's life. And that was more what I was thinking about. Hey, how can I help others and possibly help change somebody else's life? And, you know, sometimes you have to go back into your pain and find it. And that's exactly what I was able to do.
5: We have been speaking with the former All-Pro linebacker of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ryan Shazier. He suffered a spinal injury on in Monday Night Football back in December of 2017. But he's written a memoir now, and we've seen the results of his hard work and the determination to recover. Uh, he's now sharing the actual journey and what it was really like in his new memoir, Walking Miracle, How Faith, Positive Thinking, and Passion for Football Brought Me Back from Paralysis and Helped Me Find Purpose. Out now via Pressbox publicity. Ryan, thank you so much for not only joining me, but putting pen to paper and creating this book to not just tell us your story, but to hopefully inspire others. Not just somebody going through an injury similar to yours, but I think anybody can find inspiration in your words no matter what they're going through. So thank you so much for that.
21: It was nice talking to you.
5: Uh, It was a pleasure talking with you also. Ryan Shays here. I'm Dominic Jimenez. Make sure to check out the book, Walking Miracle, via Press Box Publicity out now. I'm Dominic Jimenez. We got more on the other side.
3: Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute
14: lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can not publish them anywhere.
3: Three one eight hundred seven five four four five three one eight hundred seven five four four five three one. that's eight hundred seven five four forty five thirty one.
7: Now, more of titillating sports with guest host Dominic Jimenez.
5: All right, closing up this hour, my thank you again to Ryan Shazier. That was awesome. I was really looking forward to that interview, and I'm glad that it – hope you feel the same way. I'm glad it came out the way that it did. Uh, He he was awesome. Uh, Very happy with how that went. Really quick, uh, one football note, college football at least. Dion Coach Prime. I don't know what he actually goes by. Coach Sanders, Coach Dion, Coach Prime, maybe just Coach. He's the head coach at Jackson State. And uh, he's pulled off an amazing move. Travis Hunter, the number one overall prospect in the class of 2022, pulled an all-time stunner today. During the first day of the early signing period, he... Decommitted from Florida State, and he signed with Jackson State. They're an HBCU that competes in the SWAC at the FCS level. And Hunter's decision to spurn a long-standing commitment to an FBS power in order to sign with Jackson State will be felt throughout college football and regular sports. It's uh, It might be the biggest moment of signing day that wasn't, uh, where is this one prospect, uh, this one high schooler going to commit? That might be it. He had been committed to Florida State for quite a while. And on the first day of early signing, he changed his mind and is going to Jackson State. He went from a D, not an FBS, a bowl series powerhouse to Jackson State. I think you're going to see more of that happening. Especially if uh, more people like Dion Sanders become coaches at a lower level. All right, thank you to my guests today. We got a crowded show tomorrow. I can't even run it down because there's so many guests. But I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Laney Sports. Up next, Wrestling Observer Live.
18: Yeah, man. I hope we don't have brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to end the show.
15: USA Radio News with Lance Pride.
16: Georgia Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene has said that the text messages sent to Trump White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows during January 6 clears them of any wrongdoing as there was no intent.
17: I think the text messages just completely show that President Trump is innocent. All of us are innocent. The riot shouldn't have happened and we were all against it just like we've said all along.
16: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis introduced a bill Wednesday to allow parents to sue public school districts if they teach critical race theory. DeSantis' bill is titled Stop Woke Act. Heavy winds battered the Rockies all the way to the Great Lakes Wednesday, setting weather records as gusts shut down a stretch of Interstate 70, tore off roofs, and even forced the evacuation of some air traffic controllers. At least 55 reports of hurricane-force thunderstorm wind gusts over 75 miles per hour were tracked by the National Weather Service Storm Prediction Center. USA Radio News.
18: America's built and based on liberties and freedoms. Liberty Healthshare brings that to healthcare. The liberty of choosing your own doctor, the liberty of choosing your own hospital. Liberty Healthshare makes healthcare affordable to millions of Americans. Ignite your liberty. Sharing plans starting at $199 for a single, $399 for a couple, and no matter how big the family, only $529. That's $529 for the entire family. To learn how you can save, go to lightyourliberty.com. That's lightyour Li-
17: You may be into punk rock, soft rock, or classic rock, R&B, hip hop, or house, country, techno, or techno country. But no matter what kind of music you listen to, here's something else you should hear. Please consider getting vaccinated. Talk to your pharmacist today about Comirnaty COVID-19 vaccine mRNA. This message brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer.
16: Listeria is a kind of bacteria that is found in soil, water, and some animals, including cattle and poultry. When eaten, Listeria becomes a foodborne illness. In fact, one of the most serious types of food poisoning. There's now a recall going on because of listeria contamination.
0: Alexander and Horning is voluntarily recalling over two million pounds of pork products due to listeria concerns. Affected brands include Neiman Ranch, Amish Country, Fresh Brand, Big Y, and Welshire. The products should not be consumed and thrown away or returned to the store where they were purchased. So far, the company has not received any reports of people getting sick. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau,
16: I'm Tim Berg. Typhoon Rice slammed the eastern coast of the Philippines on Thursday afternoon, bringing torrential rain and the threat of widespread flooding. It went from a Category 1 to a Category 5 storm in just 24 hours. In Easter Visayas, more than 45,000 people have been evacuated to government shelters. USA Radio News. Strong charges against Dr. Fauci are being heard from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. He says Dr. Fauci has turned the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases into the world's biggest incubator of new pharmaceutical products. Mr. Kennedy last night on Newsmax.
19: I knew a different Tony Fauci. I knew the man who was the architect of agency capture who had taken a public health agency directed it away from public health towards a new mission of promoting pharmaceutical products and transformed his own agency, the National Institute for Allergic Infectious Disease, into the world's biggest incubator of new pharmaceutical products. Between 2009 and 2016, FDA approved 240 new pharmaceutical drugs, all of which came from Tony Fauci's shop. I showed how he, take, he personally takes uh, um, patent rights on these drugs. His agency owns half the patent for the Moderna vaccine. He's distributed patent rights to four of his favorite loyalists, who will now receive $150,000 a year for life.
16: The next SpaceX launch is set for December 21st as it heads to the International Space Station. The Florida launch from the Kennedy Space Center will broadcast live on the NASA TV app early Tuesday morning. Lance Pry, USA Radio News. I am a non-attorney
15: spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now.
3: 800-817-2968. 800-817-2968. 800-817-2968. That's 800-817-2968.
5: Hour three, titillating sports. Let's
9: get it.
5: Shout out everybody checking uh, us out on streaming live on Twitch. Good to see Twitch working again after uh, the Amazon outages yesterday. Wrecked havoc across the world. How dare they knock off our streaming platforms. Netflix was down. Twitch was down. The horror. All right, welcome in, Dominic Minism in the... In the studio, like the the main studio, because my boy Daniel is uh, in my studio, Uh, so I don't have to push all the buttons myself. It's kind of exciting, and I'm 99% sure this microphone also sounds better, which makes it even cooler, thanks to all the guests we've had on so far, but we're not done yet. We had another ATN segment against the number coming up. After this, I'll be chatting with my guy, Chris Wynn. The sheet says we're going to talk about all sports. I think I'm going to keep it a little basketball-focused, but I also have to ask him, because apparently he's a Lions fan. He's the third person with the— I've interviewed more people with connections to the Lions than the Steelers in the last week, and I've interviewed two Steelers. We had Herman Moore and Tim Allen. Herman Moore obviously played for the Lions, so he's a fan, and Tim Allen is a huge Lions fan. He wore Detroit Lions shirts on home improvement all the time. So we got Chris Wynn, 25 after, so in about eh, 17 minutes, Nick Carparelli will join me. He's the executive director of Bowl Season. It's actually an organization. It's not um, not just all of Bowl Season. It's an actual organization. And then at 40 after, we'll talk with two-time NHRA champion and now actor, Ali Ashfar. So uh, Offshar, excuse me. We got a lot going on still. One 878 play one eight hundred eight seven eight seven five nine to get seven five two nine. Excuse me to get in at the very end of the show for two minutes. I'll leave more time than I did in the last hour after we had Joe Green. I'm Dominic Mendez. This is Any Sports.
8: Microband 24 protects against staphylococcus aureus and enterobacter aerogenes bacteria, but does not provide 24-hour protection against viruses. Every time you touch a surface, you leave behind bacteria. Use Microband 24 sanitizing spray to keep surfaces sanitized all day. Spray on hard surfaces to kill 99.9% of bacteria and viruses initially, including the virus that causes COVID-19. Microband 24 keeps killing bacteria for 24 hours touch after touch. When used as directed, Microband 24, touch after touch. It doesn't give up.
4: Right now, sports betting
14: is the fastest growing industry in the world. To consistently cash tickets at the sports books, it's best to be armed with the right plays from the best sports bettors in the business. That's what you'll get at againstthenumber.com. beating the books at their own game visit against the number.com that's against the number.com
0: what are you so happy about i'm on the pill aren't you two a bit old to worry about having more kids not her me uh you lost me there
1: buddy steel man pills sends it in the mail in a confidential package i'm on it i mean my friend will be on it steel man
16: pills
3: going the extra mile to help men with erectile dysfunction 800-399-3691 800-399-3691 800-399-3691 that's 800-399-3691
17: i need a gift for the person
8: who has everything Everything, including a super thoughtful daughter. It's possible with Staples Connect. I need a holiday tech gift for my husband that will make his jaw drop at a price that won't drop mine. Also possible because Staples Connect has big savings on the hottest holiday tech gifts. Now, Apple AirPods Pro are just $169. Explore all the great holiday tech at your local Staples store or staplesconnect.com. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. Ends twelve eighteen. limit 2. In-store only, while supplies last.
7: This is Titillating Sports with Dominic Jimenez on Sports Byline USA.
5: What is going on, everybody? Another hour of Titillating Sports here on the Sports Byline USA broadcast network. This is our customary against the number slot. We spoke with J.D. Sharp earlier, and now we're going to speak with my pal Chris Wynn. And if you don't remember, against the number, what is against the number? Against the number and against the number.com. It's a highly skilled, reasonably priced team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's beating the sports books at their own game. They cover every sport worldwide from the NFL to college basketball to soccer, cricket, tennis, European hockey, and all of them are proven winners. They offer full season, end of current season, one month, one week, one day, and one year specialist-specific packages Our prices are reasonable. Our tracking and distribution process is simple and the results are real. As I mentioned, we're going to welcome in ATN specialist, Chris Wynn. And Chris, uh, I know my producer, Daniel, told you we're going to focus a little bit on basketball, but I didn't know you're a Detroit Lions fan. So how are you feeling after they finally got on the win column?
23: I was feeling pretty good, Dom. Good to have you on a chilly Thursday to say the least here in Vegas. Not necessarily the norm, but, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I guess it was more of a sigh of relief when they were able to get that one victory a couple weeks ago. But uh, it's basically business as usual coming off of uh, last week's uh, loss as well, too. So, but uh, yeah, I, I thought it, I just thought I'd throw that in there because uh, you, had, you had a funny segment back talking about obviously the plight of Jacksonville Jaguar fans, and of course. Uh, and you had Andrew Anderson on, by the way, who is also a fellow Michigander, yes, he and is. I would suspect he might be a Lions fan as well too. So uh, there was a nice little connection there, and I just thought that uh, it was kind of funny.
5: No, it's it's great. I, I didn't know you were a Lions fan, and I I'm sorry. Um, uh, so we'll 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 leave it at that. They're on the board; they got to win. It's not going to be uh, an O sixteen in one season. That's that's all that matters. Um, what matters to me is Steph Curry in basketball. Um, what are your thoughts on Steph passing Ray Allen? And um, and I, I've come to realize that I I appreciate greatness a lot more now than I did before because there may not be another guy like Steph Curry. Uh, there may be shooters, you know, there's Clay, the Clay Thompsons of the world, Buddy Hield, guys who can shoot three pointers. But a transcendent player like Steph, I think this we may not see another one. So, what are your thoughts on Steph passing Ray Allen for the most three pointers all time?
23: I was very impressed to see him uh, break the record, obviously, doing it in Madison Square Garden with Ray Allen there in the building. I thought it was special. But I also, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, a little bit hesitant, right, because I, I, I heard an interview yesterday Dom, with uh, Bill Cartwright, longtime NBA player, uh, played with the Chicago Bulls, obviously, the New York Knicks, and he talked about how the game has changed so much, mm-hmm. right, and how In in today's game, the three-point shot is just so much more imperative. It's such a bigger part of the game than it was even back in the 90s era, in the Jordan era, back in the 80s, you know, throughout uh, that entire decade. And then, obviously, earlier on, it was – they didn't really start keeping stats, really. So, I believe 1979, 1980 was the first year that they started taking three-point shot stats as far as counting So – it, it's a new era in basketball, and uh, it, this is in no way meant to take away from Steph's record. I think it's it's incredible, and and look, make no mistake about it. Steph Curry is going to go down as the greatest shooter in NBA history. He's going to go down as one of the all time greats, and nothing should be taken away. But I just, I, I just I found it. Uh, uh, I just wanted to point that out because there's there's a lot of people. I, I guess you can call them old school people. You know that uh, follow basketball. That you know. Are always quick to point out that, you know, this is something that's relatively new. This style of play, the way the NBA is played, and uh, they kind of take that into account when talking about the likes of Steph Curry and a lot of the young players, you know, his teammate, obviously Clay Thompson and others, you know, where when it comes to uh, the three ball and its impact on the NBA game.
5: No, I completely get it. I mean, we've had tons of uh, former players, oh, Steph Curry's ruining the game for the kids because all they want to do is shoot threes. I'm like, yeah, well, Steph does everything else pretty well too uh, besides from, aside from shooting threes. Well, quick,
23: quickly on that. Yep. Quick, uh, quickly on that. So, yeah, there, I mean, uh, and that's what Bill Cartwright said yesterday. He said, look, there's guys out there who are 6'11", 275, that are out there shooting threes that shouldn't be shooting threes. That shouldn't be their game. And uh, so he was kind of alluding to what you just said right there.
5: Let's blame Manute Bowl for that, the late the late great Minute Bowl exactly. for shooting threes. It's yeah. it's his fault the big men shoot threes. Um uh the NBA has always kind of been on the forefront of change, whether it's, you know, uh, the relationship between the players association and the league, the commissioner, um really listening to the players and 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 making changes based on their feedback. And I think they might be on the forefront of something again uh here, Chris, and that is they're going to, uh, in talks, to increase COVID testing and the way that they um, allow or disallow players because we've seen it wreck the league right now. And it's it's affecting the NFL really badly too. But it's a little different when four guys get it in basketball. That's a quarter of your roster. And we, we've seen the Bulls get hit really hard in the Nets too. Um, do you think that uh, the, the NBA is going to figure something out here in, in terms of being able to make sure we don't ha- they don't have to postpone a bunch of games.
23: Yeah, this is uh, such a fluid situation. It's so tough to kind of speculate, right? As of Wednesday morning, what, a total of 60 players have entered the health and safety protocols this season, including 43 the last two weeks, Dom. Yeah. 13 players entered protocols on Tuesday, the highest day of this regular season. Uh, the previous single day, I was four. Of course, everybody knows that the, you know the Bulls-Pistons game was postponed yesterday. And you talked about some of the other teams, look, the Bulls, the Hornets, even the Brooklyn Nets have been hit with outbreaks. And, uh, of course, uh, Giannis just entered protocols on Tuesday as well, too. So this is something that, uh, again, the the NBA is going to have to deal with. Obviously, we all know that uh, the NBA and the NBA Players Association basically are having ongoing talks regarding this because it's it's suspected that, uh, as you pointed out, the testing league-wide around uh, the holidays as far as Christmas and New Year's, is going to be is going to be bumped up so and that and by the way that includes everybody that's vaccinated as well too so uh it's it's really uh it's it's just a sketchy time right now i mean I, i don't know uh what the answers are i'm not going to sit back and say you know act like i'm some public health expert that knows what's going to happen regarding not just the nba but sports in general right because you've got all this stuff going on with the olympic games and you know whether or not you know the nhl is going to go to the olympics and all this stuff so Uh, I'm just kind of taking the approach, Dom, of of sit back and wait and see exactly what the powers that be with the NBA do as far as this is concerned. And I would expect that uh, they they would listen to public health experts, right? They would listen to people that uh, are knowledgeable about uh, what could transpire here, what could happen moving forward, and do the best thing that they could do for the NBA, for the players and, for the, uh, and just to keep the integrity of the competition, right? I mean, you, it's just not good when you've got a situation where, you know, the Bucks win the other night, but they got a bunch of guys out. You know, I mean, you can't I – mean, I mean, what are we doing here? You know, it's, 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 uh, it just puts every team in a difficult spot from a personnel standpoint and from a competition integrity standpoint when you've got something like this going
5: on we got a couple minutes left, Chris, so I'm going to ask you one last question and switch it up a little bit to college football because it's a huge story. Uh, Travis Hunter decommits from Florida State. It had been a long-standing commitment to Florida State to go to Jackson State and play for coach Deion Sanders. Do you think this is going to open the door for more of the same where players are going to go and and follow? I mean, players always have followed the coach, but leaving bowl – division 1 pro uh, bowl eligible uh you know fbs that's what i was looking for uh colleges to go to mm-hmm. these other smaller schools
23: i think it's a possibility i mean look there, this is kind of a individual situation right i mean when hunter talks about this he talks about how he grew up down there you know and this is, you know a dream of his to play there so uh you know uh, that, that to me you know and we talk about Florida State, obviously, but it's also a, it was a dream to hard let, that it was hard for him to let go of. But it's Deion Sanders, yeah. you know what I mean? And I kind of think of it the same along the same lines as a Penny Hardaway, right, at Memphis as the mm-hmm. head coach there. You know, there's going to be scenarios that present themselves where these kids are going to be drawn.
5: Oh, looks like we lost Chris there uh, but you know, I'll take that opportunity and just he's right I, I get it it's it would have to take a lot more of these uh special coaches these these celebrity famous coaches uh, to make change there Chris sorry I didn't get to properly say bye to you there but uh, thanks for joining us again against the number.com they they are they have specialists for every single sport uh, you can get it all there we've talked cricket this week so they, they do it all and Chris is one of the best there a good pal uh, we got more on the other side. Dominic is still Lane sports.
8: Do
3: you need to sell your home? 1759. that's 800 693
7: Titillating sports continues on Sports Byline USA.
5: We're rolling along here on titillating Sports. I'm Dominic Jimenez. I'd like to welcome in my next guest, Nick Carparelli. He's the executive director of Bowl Season. And and, and it's not just the Bowl Season as a whole. They are a pretty great organization. Uh, one of the oldest and greatest traditions, obviously, is Bowl Season. And uh, the Bowl Season, um, they're, they're really celebrating college football. So, Nick, welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about bowl season and, and some of your duties there as the executive director.
24: Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, it's, uh, uh, the timing is right. It's, uh, it is just about to be bowl season. We kick off uh, tomorrow at, uh, at 12 noon, so it's an exciting time of year for us. So, you know, bowl season is a couple of things. It, it's a time of year, obviously. It's a three-week period in, in December and early January where, where we really do celebrate the game of college football. Uh, but as an organization, we we represent all 44 bowl games. Uh, you, you can kind of think of us a little bit like like a league, where where we uh, we're the umbrella organization for all the games, and, and we serve to promote the bowl system uh, in a bigger and bigger way than we ever have before. People have called this time of year bowl season for years, but we we only formalized it a little bit over a year ago. And uh, you know, 44 unique sports entities that have built their own brands in cities across the country for. You know, for in some cases, a hundred years. Uh, we decided it was finally time to really capitalize on, on the time of year that we own, and uh, and make it uh, make it an official brand. So, so bowl season is here, and we're excited about it.
5: I love that. And uh, how exciting is it for you to have a full bowl schedule again? I spoke with Herman Moore earlier this week, and we were talking about the Quick Lane Bowl, and he was he was super. I mean, Herman Moore is always excited about the Quick Lane Bowl because it's in his home of Detroit. But, um, you know. It, it, they didn't have one last year, so he was extra hyped this year. So, for you, uh, executive director of bowl season, how hyped are you to have a full bowl schedule again?
24: Oh my god, I, I can't even tell you. I mean, I think we're, I think we're all excited just to have live sports back. I mean, it, it started with you know Labor Day weekend and, and college football regular season kicking off, and, and now it's just continuing into bowl season. I, I think. Um, I, I think this is going to be one of the most successful bowl seasons ever in terms of excitement because we just have so many great matchup it se- matchups it seems. And, uh, and, and I think people missed it. You know, I think uh, we, we missed a lot of things last year. I think bowl season was one of them. I, uh, we saw uh, record-breaking viewership uh, on television broadcasts during the college football regular season. And I, I think that's going to continue into bowl season. So I, I, I can't wait.
5: And one of the cool things is, um, you know, we've had a few different local bowls uh, at various points here in the Bay Area where we're uh, based out of, and uh, I, I've seen the the all of the things that go along with it. It's it's basically a fan fest for almost an entire week. So, how much work goes into hosting a bowl? Uh, from a location standpoint, from a city standpoint. I mean, there's festivities, promotions, the game itself, selling tickets, getting fans involved. How much work really does go into it? That's
24: a great question. It's a ton of work, you know, and I think most people don't realize how much. Yeah, I think the the average sports fan turns the TV on for three hours in December and they watch a game and they think it's like any other. But, you know, as, as, as you mentioned, you know, Herman Moore with the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, it doesn't matter where the bowl game is. It doesn't matter how how. How much history and tradition there is around that game—it's—they're all extremely meaningful uh, to the to the football programs who participate in the game in that given year, but also to the host communities. The communities are really, really proud to host these games. And you think about it—you know—as a promotional vehicle for the game of college football. You know, it's it, it's two teams from two different parts of the country playing in a location that they w- wouldn't normally play, uh, you know, against an opponent they wouldn't normally schedule. And, and bowl games as a brand, just get more attention. If you call it a bowl game, people watch it. You know, it's some of the television ratings of some of the bowl games based on the two teams in it are almost illogical. If it was a regular season game, it wouldn't get the fraction of the rating it does when you call it a bowl game. I think that speaks to the power of the brand. And I think it speaks to the, the, the power of, you know, bowl season as a whole, uh, in the month of December, when people are looking forward to watching it.
5: We're speaking with Nick Carparelli, the executive director of Bowl Season, uh, and their job is basically to promote the college bowls because it is college bowl season starting Friday tomorrow. Uh, the very first one gets going. Uh, one of the cool things about bowl games that I didn't know originally that I've learned over the years is is how much philanthropy and uh, how much they support important causes. It's not all about the swag bags and, and television ratings. It's, it's not always about that. It, it really is, with so many of these bowls, bigger than just the game itself, isn't it?
24: Absolutely. I think that's the, you know, every bowl has a, maybe a slightly different mission, but I think the commonality across every bowl game is that they're community based organizations. They, they pull together community leaders who, who work to promote the game and, and, and help generate interest. Uh, revenue from from the games and, and, and some bowls have other events throughout the year, whether it's sponsoring youth football or or road races or even a basketball tournament. Um, you name it. You know, revenue from all those things after it pays the bills, a lot of it is given back to the community, whether whether it's uh, supporting local businesses or or uh, um, supporting the homeless. Uh, teachers is, is one area that that uh, bowl games support quite a bit. In fact, the extra yard for teachers. Program um, is a uh, part of the College Football Playoff Foundation. Uh, one of the cool things Bowl Season did this year is we partnered with them and made it a Bowl Season wide initiative. So, in September, uh, all 44 bowl games uh, picked a, a teacher or, or teachers uh, who did something special in the community and awarded them a grant uh, for supplies and other things to help them uh, uh, with their teaching uh, and in their classroom. So. Uh, that's a great example of something we did bowl season wide that we we really couldn't have done before until the bowl season brand was created. So we're really, really proud of that. Uh,
5: what are some of the challenges that you face while, you know, hyping up bowl season and trying to get fans excited? I, I'd imagine to an extent, one of those things is kind of the stigma of, Oh, it's the uh, whatever bowl and it's too Teams that are barely 500, who cares? So what are some of the challenges that uh, you guys face at bowl season, trying to get everybody excited for every bowl game?
7: Yeah, well,
24: first of all, I I don't expect that everyone will be excited for every bowl game, but I I do expect that people will understand, uh, it may take a little time, that just because a bowl game doesn't factor into the national championship equation doesn't mean that it's not meaningful to the student athletes who participate in it and for the communities that host it. Uh, college football is unique. There's never going to be a 60, 18 NCAA basketball bracket type format. You know, they're, they're discussing going from a 14 playoff to 12. Some people think that's a lot. It'll never be much more than that. Um, 12 is not enough uh, postseason opportunities to reward all the deserving teams. And if you ask, um, Any college football player who participated in bowl games, what are their fondest memories about their college football career? Inevitably, it's their experience going to bowl games. It it, it may be playing in the game itself, it may be in the bowl week, where they're in a unique destination with their friends, with their teammates, uh, having having just so many memorable experiences for four or five days. Um, It's so valuable uh, and so meaningful to everybody involved in them.
5: All right, the four teams really quick. we got a couple minutes left. The four teams, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, Cincinnati. You're Mr. Bowl season, the executive director. Who do you think is winning the national championship?
24: Oh, boy, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to pick that. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will say this. Um, one of the knocks on the playoff in its first seven years has been that there's been the same teams uh, relatively speaking, in those games every year. And there hasn't been a lot of diversity. You look at the NCAA basketball tournament. It's different teams in the Final Four every year, and I think that's great for the sport. So uh, in terms of this year, I love that Michigan's in it. I love that Cincinnati's in it. Um, and in terms of who's going to win, well, that'll play out on the field. But I'm, I'm excited to see some new blood in that
5: I think uh, most fans are, myself included, I 100% wholeheartedly agree with you. And uh, we're speaking with Nick Carparelli, the executive director of Bowl Season, getting fans hyped for college football bowl season. Nick, if, if people want to learn a little bit more about bowl season, where can they go?
24: Yep, they can go to our website, bowlseason.com, uh, or any of our uh, social media platforms at Bowl Season. We have a ton of content that's been coming out the last few weeks that will continue through bowl season. One really cool feature on our website is our our game day live page. So if you go to our schedule, uh, when a game is playing, you'll be able to click on a a link to the live television feed should you be subscribing to that, Uh, the live radio feed, which is free. So if you want to listen to the game on the radio on your phone, you'll be able to do that. And then we have a live stats link too. So if you want to have up-to-date stats while you're watching the game. Uh, So that's that's at bowlseason.com, the game day live page
5: there it is bowlseason.com my guest has been nick carparelli the executive director executive director excuse me of bowl season talking college football nick thank you so much for taking some time and joining us and it's that time of the year it's the holidays and bowl season thanks so much for taking some time and joining us today thank you appreciate it it was my pleasure more on the other side i'm dominic Menes. this is Lightning sports on the sports byline usa broadcast network
8: cancer so many lives are touched by cancer in fact one in two men and one in three women will be diagnosed with cancer at the american cancer society we're on a mission to free the world from cancer it's a big mission driven by little things like a ride to treatment a free place to stay a 24 7 helpline But these little things are really the big things. Because to a cancer patient and their family, they're everything. And every day we reach thousands of cancer patients who so desperately need these services. But we need your help to get these critical services to more people and families in need this holiday season. Go to cancer.org and join the fight against cancer. It takes just minutes to donate and help provide essential support to cancer patients and their families. Don't wait. More than one in three people will be diagnosed with cancer. Go to cancer.org right now and make a difference. Go to cancer.org.
10: If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. and start increasing your bone density call now
3: 800-437-8217 800-437-8217 800-437-8217 that's 800-437-8217
7: Now, back to titillating sports on Sports Byline USA.
5: There it is. Oh. Anybody watching on Twitch.tv right now, uh, you can see me dancing, going to commercial break and coming back from commercial break every time. It makes me happy. It puts me in a good mood. It's the holidays. I shouldn't need too much to put me in a good mood, but... uh. The holidays uh, and, and my good music, uh, all of those things put me in a good mood. So it's a good time. All right. My next guest has arrived, Ali Afshar. He's an award-winning car racer, founder of Easy Street Motorsports, ESX, He's an, uh, which is an automotive performance and race facility that uh, led to him to race for Subaru of America, become a two-time NHRA national and world champion, uh, 18-time event champion NHRA, Rally America champion, and he has set multiple world records. But he's also an accomplished actor and producer, and his new film, which he produced and co-stars in, A California Christmas City Lights, filmed in Sonoma County here in the Bay Area, it's out today on Netflix. It's the much-anticipated sequel of the 2020, I don't like that, 2020, I don't know why I said it like a 2020 holiday favorite, A California Christmas which debuted number 1 on Netflix in the US and earned tremendous global acclaim. And uh Ali, I opened Netflix this morning and there it was, A California Christmas City Lights. So how exciting is it for you to be involved with not one but two films on Netflix?
4: I think it's amazing. You know, I I'm I've been traveling so I haven't had a chance to look at it, but we're getting texts, and people are already getting good reviews and enjoying it. So, so the second film is, uh, you know, the first one did so good. We kind of are trying to be humble and, uh, you know, limit our expectations for the second one, even though we're hoping for the best. But Netflix has been great to us. We actually have a bunch of car racing movies on Netflix, too. We've had, we have seven movies on Netflix, but California Christmas in 2020 was the one that just popped and went crazy. But we do have Wheels of Fortune, Lady Driver. We have a couple other cool car racing ones that were on Netflix last year as well. They were released, like, summer last year.
5: Oh, very cool. So there's more than just two. They've got a handful of them. Uh, yeah, no, I like I was saying, uh, front and center, right, on, hey, what's new? Bam, right there, California Christmas, City Lights. Uh, what was it like growing up in the North Bay here in, uh, in Sonoma and uh, getting to shoot this movie in San Francisco so close to home? You
4: know what? It's it, it's a it's a surreal experience because I, I came from Iran. I was born in Iran, and I came over in the middle of the Iran uh, hostage crisis when Iran was going through a revolution and they took you know the American hostages in the late '70s, early '80s. Um, that if you ever seen the movie Argo, it was about that time. Uh, it was it was it was like weird. It was t- turbulent and tough at the beginning, but then it turned into the best blessing and, and a huge positive. Because you know when when we came over, it was we weren't accepted. You know, Iran had taken hostages. There's a lot of bullying and fighting, and you know, just just really nastiness enough that I actually made a movie about it called American Wrestler: The Wizard, which starred Oscar winner John Voight. I played my own uncle in it. It came out in uh, 2017. Warner Bros. released that. And it's literally my life coming to America, coming to Petaluma, little small town in 1979, 80, and it did amazing. It's what landed us at Warner Brothers, and we've been there since. 2015 when we, when we produced that film when the executives of Warner Brothers, it happened to be the CEO of Warner Brothers, actually happened to be from Petaluma as well and he caught wind of the movie, they loved it and now we have our offices there for the last five, six years and it's just surreal being back home, to answer your question directly being home and shooting in the same you know, neighborhood streets, the same people I, I, I have a lot of friends and family in town and I like to you know, they're all friends but now they are family so I, I like to put them in the movie so it, it's just so cool back
5: home. Uh, For the listeners who haven't had a chance to check out a California Christmas or the new California Christmas City Lights, uh, tell us a little bit about the original and and where uh, people can expect this one to kind of pick up from.
4: Totally, yeah. Well, the first one was an ambitious uh, endeavor we went on. It was the first movie during the pandemic uh, to be filmed in California. We shot this in June. We started in June of last year. So we were like, you know what, let's do this really carefully uh, everybody was scared of COVID, which they still should be. Um, and we ended up shooting at my uh, recently acquired childhood ranch. So after 35 years, bud, I bought my childhood ranch back in, in Petaluma, a little 20-acre ranch And about two years ago. And we built a little soundstage on a little barn that we used for a soundstage yeah, and my race cars and stuff. So we said, you know, we're going to hire Josh and Lauren that had met on another movie of mine, ended up getting married, amazing couple, and I said, they're not going to be afraid of COVID. So it was like the smallest, littlest show we've ever done. And I thought, you know what? Nobody's going to have an original Christmas movie because everybody would be you know, everybody's scared to, produ- to produce anything. So we did it successfully. Nobody got hurt or got COVID. And uh, Warner Brothers sold it to Netflix for us and just went bonkers. And that was all about you know, Joseph Van Aspen's character played by Josh Swickard, coming rich, billionaire, San Francisco socialite playboy comes to this small town Petaluma to acquire this last piece of land he needs from this ranch to kind of get this massive acreage they needed for their project and realizes that hey this is not what the right thing to do falls in love with the farmer's daughter very traditional you've seen the story before you just haven't seen it as cute as we did it <laughs> and so that's the first one and then City Lights it's it's flip of it now country girl played by Lauren Swicker, Josh's wife, and she's the writer and producer. Lauren, uh, her name is Callie, the character's name is Callie. Callie goes to the city, the big city, helicopters, Ferraris, rooftop parties. We we, we rented out the whole uh, Fairmont Hotel. So it's like she's now the fish out of water, where the first one he was, city boy in the country, now it's country in the city and it's uh, and, but again it kind of goes back to the what's important in life and how to help you know cuz we all know there's a big homeless situation in the city and a lot of people the divide is getting huge you know you got rich and poor middle class is hey, you, I don't think you can be middle class and live in San Francisco anymore so uh so that's what this one is about but it's still a love story it's still for the family uh anybody can watch it there's no you know extra gratuitous sex or violence all my movies all ESX entertainment movies we, we like to bring that whole American dream, you know, shed a tear but leave with a smile type of uh, messaging.
5: We're speaking with uh, Ali Afshar. He's an award winning car racer, founder of Easy Street Motorsports and Productions. And uh, apparently, in addition to being an actor, producer, and a successful uh, racer, we can say he's a matchmaker. Uh, <laughs> Um, so talking, let's move a little bit to the, uh, multiple,
4: multiple, multiple times, multiple times. So
5: relationships. So we can yeah, for sure yeah. put multiple it on the credits. Marriages. Yeah. We can for sure add it to your, uh, list of accomplishments. And yeah, if it's happened yeah. multiple times, yeah we,
4: yeah, we said, if we can't make good movies, at least we're matchmaking. Cause we, we've had so, two marriages, two engagements, four other relationships. We're like, at least we're doing something. Right.
5: Yeah. One is a fluke. Yeah. Uh, pushing on six is, uh, that's a, that's a skill and a talent. Um, Talk to me a little bit about your love of motorsports and racing. I'd imagine it was hard not to love it growing up in the North Bay with Sonoma uh, Racetrack right there. Absolutely.
4: Well, you know, I actually won one of the high school drags in 1991. So uh, Petaluma, American Graffiti, everybody was a hot rodder when we came there. My older brothers, all hot rodders. All their friends, big trucks, 4 by 4s or hot rods, you know, Camaros, Oldsmobiles, just street racing. So it was in my, like, Everything I did. So as soon as I turned 16, uh, I got the right grades. My dad said, You can have any car you want. I said, Amazing. Can I get this brand new Porsche Targa? He laughed at me and said, Any car under five grand. I said, I didn't remember that stipulation in the deal. It was if you get a 3.0, you can get your grade. So I got this $3,000 67 Camaro that had a bitch in 327, Keith Black Motor in it. And uh, I blew it up like the first month I had it because I didn't know how to drive. But it got me hooked. I was I would street race uh, more than I should. And then on Wednesday nights, I'd literally, at Casa Grande High School in Petaluma, I'd take the exhaust off in fifth period. And in sixth period, I'd drive out there because I was under the belief that you'd go a lot faster if your car was annoyingly loud. So I'd drive out there, race Wednesday nights, come back the next day in school, auto shop, put the exhaust back on, race, you know, race around. I got arrested five times until I turned pro in 2001 with Super of America, um, so don't be street racing. That's not a, that's not a good thing, but we made a movie about that too. It's called born to race. You can see that out there. That was my first movie ever made kind of roughly based on my street racing slash turning pro Subaru days.
5: There you go. When you went pro, you got paid to drive really fast and have a very loud car. Um, what was the transition to exactly. to acting and entertainment like for you? Because we've seen so many athletes try their hand at acting and it's It's a skill. it's It's not just something you can learn on the fly and and kind of do. So you've done it very successfully in, in addition to acting itself, you know producing films, making movies. What was that transition like or, or what inspired you to go from I'm gonna do racing all the time to also doing entertainment stuff too?
4: Great question, great question. So when, I, when we moved to L.A., my mother had, a, had terminal cancer. So we were, we were at UCSF for a long time, for years, and they kept her alive. She, she outlived her terminal cancer for 12 years. I said she had six months to live. She made it for 12 years. Wow. So when we moved to L.A., my older brother, because she, she was going to go to UCLA Medical Center, and then my older brother started getting into stunts and background acting. And I was like, that's fun. You know, we were, you know, little kids growing up on a ranch, like we can do stunts. So, Mm -hmm. so I started doing, um, I wanted to do it. And my mom said, Hey, don't do it until you finish high school. So unfortunately my mom passed away in my sophomore year. I moved back to Petaluma. I lived with some friends, finished high school, went back to LA. And I was like, you know what? I want to try this. So I got an agent. My brother hooked me up with an agent. My first audition, I I played Greece on a TV show called saved by the bell, the new, the new class. And I was like, the Fonzie. They wanted like an Italian car mechanic guy named Greece. I was like, Oh, sorry. I was like, man, if I don't get this, like <laughs> this is not meant for me, but I immediately went into classes. I started doing it full time. I mean, I took it seriously. I, I did classes for a, you know, a decade. And then, uh, and then in 2001, when we started racing for Subaru, I just didn't have the time to audition anymore. So I took a break from about 2003, 2004 to about 2008. Um, I didn't, I, I couldn't, uh, you know, I was traveling 60 events a year. We were doing the whole NHRA Sport Compact Series, OP, Battalion Imports, IDRC, all those big races. Because I also not only drove, I actually owned the company. So I had to, you know, try to figure out how to make these Subarus go quicker and quicker. And we had engines coming from Australia and crew coming from Europe. And I was trying to assemble a lot of, lot of big pieces. And not knowing, that was me, that was my training to be a producer. It was about in 2008 9, I was like, Man, I miss acting, I want to go back. I, I came back, I auditioned, I got a little part in a movie called He's Just Not That Into, you. that was a big movie. Mm-hmm. And I'd met some people in racing that were film financiers. And they said, Hey, we didn't know you're an actor, if you ever want to make a movie, let us know. And I'm like, You're a banker, I don't need a home loan for my house. They're like, No, moron, we're a film financier. I was like, What? They're like, We're film financiers. Literally, three months later. Uh, it was my good friend Jared Underwood. He's, he was the guy. And three months later, I made my first movie, Born to Race. And because of putting the pieces together with the racing world about, you know, mechanics from Australia, engines from Australia, crew from Europe, traveling to Florida, traveling to English, English town, New Jersey, Colorado, Vandermeer, Adco, you know, everywhere, I knew how to put people together and get things done. And that's what producing was. So it, I kind of fell into it by accident. Sorry for that ridiculously long answer.
5: <laughs> no, it was it was a fantastic answer, and it it kind of just really reinforces the whole... It can be a really small world sometimes, and one skill can lead into a different, completely different uh, avenue and make you super successful there. We've been speaking with Ali Afshar, award-winning car racer. Uh, he's two-time NHRA national and world champion team. 18 time event champion NHRA and he's also an accomplished actor and producer whose new film, which he produced and co-stars in a California Christmas city lights, which was filmed in Sonoma County is out today on Netflix right there on the homepage. You literally cannot miss it. If you have eyes that work and you open up the Netflix app, uh, Ollie, thank you so much for uh, taking some time and joining us and congrats on yet another film, uh, much success to you and then the team, uh, moving forward.
4: Appreciate you guys. Much love from Northern California. Thank you so much. Hope to talk to you soon.
5: I would would look forward to that on your next one. Thanks so much. That's Ali Afshar. I'm Dominic Menes, and this is Title Lighting Sports.
12: Do you own an annuity?
22: Call now and learn which Echo product by Synergy Science is right for you. We offer free shipping and a full
3: 30-day money-back guarantee. Change your health by simply changing your water. 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. That's 800-944-1789. Do you love driving, but you don't love your car payment? Open Road Lending can reduce your car payment by as much as $100 a month or more. It's easy to refinance your car payment. Just call today to get your no-obligation quote and find out how much you can save. To qualify for a lower car payment, your car should be less than 10 years old, have less than 125,000 miles, and you've made at least six on-time payments. Call Open Road Lending today to learn how you can lower your rate and your payment by refinancing.
7: Now, more of titillating sports with guest host Dominic Jimenez.
5: What a show. We have reached the end. We've got to just wrap this thing up here. My thanks to all of the guests. Who have we had on? We've had Bill Bellamy. We've had some comedy. We had JD Sharp, ATN specialist against the number.com. We've had Andrew Anderson. Professional bowler who actually remembered the time I interviewed his roommate, Chris Prather, and that Chris gave him a shout-out during the interview. That was kind of cool. Uh, we, I even interviewed my producer, my buddy Daniel, talking about Urban Meyer. We interviewed Mrs. Claus. Which actually, after all, this might be the highlight. I interviewed Mrs. You know how hard it is to get an interview with Mrs. Claus right now, a week before Christmas. Yeah, that's how good we is here. Interviewed Mean Joe Green, who admittedly said he won an award for being a nice guy. So <laughs> maybe he's not a mean guy after all. We've interviewed Chris Wynn, ATN specialist. We talked a lot of basketball. Nick Carparelli, college football, and Ali Afsh- Afshar, who's got. Ga- a NASCAR, NASCAR, an NHRA champion. He's also an actor and a producer in his new film, California Christmas City Lights, is out today on Netflix. And I was not kidding. It is right there on the home screen under what's new. Hard to miss. You have to actively be trying not to see it, to miss it. So my thanks to all of the guests. It's been a crazy week. 16 guests over the last two Thursdays. Rick is going to be back next week, so I'm going to be relegated back to the other studio, but it's okay. I've had a blast. Thanks for the callers who have called, the listeners who have listened, everybody involved, Daniel, Darren, Mario, even though I don't think Mario is directly involved with the show or whatever, Mario's still getting a shout-out anyway. All the guests we've had, I've had a blast. I'm Dominic Mendes. This is Titillating Sports. we got Wrestling Observer with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi, the two Boomers coming up next on the sports byline broadcasting network